the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. adventurers welcome back to the storyteller squad thanks for joining us for more of our monster of the week campaign before we begin let's see how our heroes are doing Woo-hoo. i am a stern and strong believer in the concept of let them fight however that logic only works when you're not in the area oh god i'm Hugo rashad just when i think i've got one eugenia all figured out the universe gives me a whole new one to worry about I'm Agent Whitaker, and I totally forgot to ask if Locke can defend himself. We'll find out, but the answer so far has been no. Great! True. This girl is on fire! <laughs> no, really, I'm actually on fire. I don't know if I can control this. Um, Does anyone have a fire extinguisher? <laughs> oh, bless. <laughs> I'm Raven Eugenia, and I need help. Amazing. I'm going to give you up. I'm going to let you down. I'm going to run around and desert you. I'm going to make you cry. I'm going to make you say goodbye. I'm going to tell a lie and hurt you. Because I am Damien Angelo Edgecrest. Woo! That was a good one! I was going to leave the call in protest, and then I remembered I'm hosting it. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautifully awful. Thank you. Yeah, Damien's musical numbers are the best. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of really awful things happening right now, but the two things that I'm honestly thinking about is, number one, I got to ride in a dragon, and that was pretty cool, and number two, I hope Ruby's okay. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. Uh, Maddie absolutely took my intro, so... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, give me a second... Uh, I just came up with that just now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I didn't say much last time, but also like I did, it's sort of like I was sharing the screen with five other characters at once. Oh, well. I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's have an adventure. Last time, our heroes set off after camping over at Glacier Park with Raven's brother Lark and his partner Jay, the forest dragon. They split up to search for both the aggro pelter and the splinter cat, two fearsome cryptids which are causing damage to the park's trees and general terrain. The team, led by Whitaker, found the den of the splinter cat and attempted to lure it out, trap it. You guys did a bunch of plans that kind of all meshed into one. While Fussing around with the Splinter Cat's den, Whitaker's team got their full team encounter with the hide behind, who explained that the aggro pelter blames them for the damage and has been hunting them and not letting them get any rest or peace since the aggro pelter, as they told Felicity and Lark, 
It needs the trees to live in and hunt for nests of squirrels and raccoons and birds to eat and feed its family with. But if the hide behind is ruining the trees, they would rather knock down a few and stop the problem than allow the whole forest to be destroyed. Not the smartest or most logical approach, but a sort of cut and burn attempt to limit the range of the destruction. You attempted to explain that it might be a different creature than the hide behind, and while that didn't go over quite smoothly, you were able to get the agropelter to agree to give you until the end of the day to prove your point and get the hide behind or whoever is responsible to come forward and own up to the damage they've been causing. While the teams were going to meet up, you guys tried to plug the den and trap the splinter cat inside of it, which woke it up, got it mad, and so you sent up a lightning bolt flare to get the team's attention. Unfortunately, you also gained the attention of the aggro pelter because a crack of thunder in a non-rainy sky sounds an awful lot like a tree being knocked over. And so as Aiden and Felicity teleported to reach the group much quicker than Jay and the small folk Terra, who you met, could reach them, the agropelter also arrived on the scene, chucked a massive tree towards the vicinity. Raven activated one of her tarot cards, the Root Powers of Fire, a salamander, and her entire form was engulfed in fire, the salamander becoming a magical tattoo on her arm. She was able to burn away the danger of the falling tree, but her brother Lark, who had gone to also protect her, let his guard down and was tackled by the splinter cat. And that is where we left off. What do you do, adventurers? There is an agropelter breaking through the tree line with his long 20-foot tentacle-like limbs, except for the ape hands on the ends, and the splinter cat atop Lark, and uh, the hide behind, you assume, somewhere behind you in the woods. Oh, and also Damien is off getting, what was it, ice? My brain's a little fuzzy today. Rope. And coffee. And scaring the locals. Damien went off on a, on a coffee run and uh, unknowingly revealed his shape-shifting abilities to a onlooking park ranger, as uh, we revealed in a post post credit scene. Uh, <laughs> so Damien will also arrive at some point in this fight to help you guys with the problems that are sure to arise. Who wants to go first? Looks like Hugo wants to go first as he's raised his hand. <laughs> That's how we can interpret that signal. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I can also go first if no one else wants to. Your brother's in trouble, Raven. I mean- Yeah, Raven, you're really in the uh, the heat of the moment right yeah, now. Yeah, I was gonna offer to step back <laughs> if anyone had anything they wanted to do first in like response to Raven's like first move. But if no one has anything, I can go first. I think go for it. You're on fire and that's probably shocked everyone else into just being like, what is going on? Yeah, as soon as she saw her brother get clotheslined by the splinter cat, she's going to chase after it. And I think try to jump on top of the splinter cat. Okay. Cause she remembers Hugo's advice to not grab onto his back legs and try to pull him. 
So I think she's going to try and get completely on top, hopefully in an effort to like maybe get an arm around its neck and get it to back off. Gotcha. Raven, while you are in this embodiment of fire form, you have the spell slingers blast combat magic. Fire, obviously. <laughs> and also the ball ability, which is a different base. There's blast and ball. Ball is an area of effect. Oh. Hugo, if you can send her just the copy of the spell slinger sheet. That's it for now. But that's so you know. You are very much Human Torch or similar hero uh, at the moment. Sweet. But absolutely tackle it if you just want to like hug it with your burning body. I think that's her first instinct. Yeah, when she sees it take her brother, she's just going to jump on top of it. Okay. You're not attempting to hurt it directly, per se? I think it's more of trying to pull it off and get it to back off. Like if it has its teeth on her brother, she's trying to get it to release. I don't think it's a kick some ass. It's absolutely protect someone then in that case. So yeah, roll, roll protect someone, which is also a tough roll anyway. Do my stats change at all? Cause my tough is normally zero. Your stats are not gonna change. Okay, that's fine. I rolled an eight. Okay. What you see when you actually do get up close on the splinter cat, I think it would make sense because again, we've described it as this big cat, at least as big, if not bigger than a full grown tiger. So you really can only get your arms like around its neck and try and like headlock it and wrench it away from Lark. But he does have this wooden sword out and held in its mouth to keep it from actually crunching down on him. And he sees your flaming self wrap around its throat and sort of start to singe the fur around its neck. And he just says, Raven, what's going on? Just trust me. <laughs> Meanwhile, the splinter cat is upset that you are now burning it with your physical touch. And rather than bite at him... Can she? I don't know what you're planning, and I, I know we don't usually get to, like, choose how we get hurt, but could she try and get the cat to roll off of Lark? So it'll roll on top of her, and she would take a little bit of harm? I don't know if she has the strength to do that, but rather than it, like, bite her, I think what she's trying to do is get the cat off of him, even if it means she gets a little squished by the cat in the process. Yeah. Um, so it did use its dreadful pounce. So the total that we need to split up here is four harm. Part of that pounce is the fact that it like knocks you down and then bites you somewhere. So thanks to your quick reaction and Lark's quick reaction of getting his sword in the way, I'll split that between the two of you. So you will each take two harm and you can reduce it by whatever armor you have. We will say that him getting knocked down is half of it, but you've stopped the slashing and biting, but it is going to react and retaliate against you and slash at you with one of its big paws. I don't believe I have any armor, so I am taking the full two. Okay. I'm double checking, but yeah, I don't have any armor. Could you act under pressure then for me? Yes. That's a six. Okay, mark a failure. Also, fun fact, I apparently leveled up last session and didn't notice it because I didn't mark my experience. So this is an extra. If you had something in mind you wanted to add on, you could take it now. If you want to wait and see what the end of this session looks like and then choose something at that point, you certainly can. Uh, Raven, as you try and grip onto this thing's throat, it certainly is singeing the fur there and will eventually get down into the cat's actual skin to scald it or, or burn it pretty badly. It has reared back. So Lark will get to his feet where he holds forward this sword in front of him. And you 
Have we described it before last session? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it was just a walking stick at that point. So it is this sword entirely made of wood, even the blade, with just a nice dark grain. Um, seems sharp, seems, you know, very edged. But yeah, the handle has some vine work carved into it and seems to be wrapped in a sort of moss around the handle for the grip rather than leather. Yeah, it's just this sword that your brother has for some reason. Who's next? Is the Splinter Cat still on top of Lark? No. Okay. I'll say that with Raven's Protect, he's able to at least stand up. He's right in front of it, so didn't get a chance to like run away or anything, but he is not pinned to the ground. Hugo, I'm going to need you to set up a perimeter or at least be ready to set one up. If we can't talk the monkey down, uh, we need to at least be able to make sure it's not going anywhere and make sure no one else comes near this part of the forest. I can do one of the two. Do whatever you can. Whitaker is going to take his gun out and I guess we're going to aim at the splinter cat. He calls out to Lark. Hey, chosen one, do you know how to use that thing? Referring to the sword. Well, I've only had it a couple years, so I don't know what that means. <sighs> Whitaker, in this moment, you see the same it's not quite humbleness. It's like reluctance to fully lean into the magical side of themselves in Lark that Raven sometimes expresses. <laughs> Lark comes from the same family, has similar feelings about like magic is scary and I don't I don't know how much I really want to make it a part of who I am, but uh, yeah, used it before. <laughs> Great, Lark is now civilian in Whitaker's brain. <laughs> yeah, great. Then back the fuck up. And he's about to unload on the splinter cat. Okay. With the uh, special, well, oh, do we have any special bullets left? Did you enchant them last time? I can't recall. <sighs> I, I know Damien know. didn't give you any extras. We had talked about giving you some enchanted bullets, but I don't know that you actually spent any time doing it. Okay, then they're just regular bullets. At least mm -hmm. it'll distract the splinter cat from the man with a melee weapon, yeah. at the very least. <laughs> very true. Uh, that's a seven. It's a mixed. A seven on kick some ass means you both get to cause harm to each other. So you shout some instructions, run forward, casting your favorite spell, blam, blam, blam. Uh, <laughs> and the splinter cat takes a shot in the shoulder to which it immediately whips around, now focused on you. While the fire around its neck hurt, the bullet hurts a little bit more. How much damage does that do? Two, two harm, which I don't know if it breaks its armor threshold, but you know. Well, in this game, armor just reduces harm. It's not like you have to surpass a certain amount. It just means that if it has armor, it will do a little Yeah, I mean, less. like, I, I don't know if that's actually gonna leave a dent in it due to its armor. Yeah, so with the Splinter Cat, you know, you've shot it. But again, it's this massive predator and you have whatever he has, a little sidearm, right? I don't know gun model names, and we've never actually, like, named Whitaker's gun before, so... I'll get back to you on that one. Cool. Splinter Cat has taken some harm, and it will rush you. Because you said you ran up to shoot it, I'll say it doesn't have the distance to do its pounce, and it will just claw at you. Uh, which is two harm, hand, quick, ignore, armor, messy. Ignore armor. Oof, alright. The Splinter Cat's claws are razor sharp, long, and meant for ripping bark and trees apart. I will say that your battlefield awareness is not a physical armor and you can apply that. 
but your AC agency protective suit is not going to do squat in this situation. Sure. Yeah, that's right. Time for round two. Finally got a shot on me, huh? <laughs> see what else you got. <laughs> Alright, the aggro pelter is atop one of the trees in this field and reaches over with its long arm, again doing that maneuver where it curls an arm around the top of a tree and just starts to constrict and contract until the wood splinters and rends. And then it pulls this basically top of a conifer tree and rears back and looks like it's about to pitch it at the group of you. Uh, or would it? No. The aggro pelter still thinks the hide behind is to blame. So it's just going to chuck this tree as hard as it can randomly into the forest. It's still a hazard because it might bounce a couple times or like rebound and come back. So everyone roll me just 1d6 and tell me if it's even or odd. Oh, no. Uh, oh, I hate this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got odd. I got odd. So did Aiden and Lark. Whitaker got even. Hugo? Even. All right. Hugo and Whitaker, you guys are safe. The no! people, The people who rolled odd are now going to act under pressure to avoid any sort of harm or uh, negative ah, effect from this tree flying by. Love that plus zero, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Same. Okay. No! <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's check Lark's stats. <laughs> oh, Lark is a Eugenia. He doesn't have any cool. Lark got a five. Uh, so not great. Aiden got double sixes. So she's fine. She teleports out of the way of some splinter that's coming right for her head. I got an experience point because I rolled a four. <laughs> Amazing. I just rolled the worst that I could possibly roll. I rolled a two. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I rolled double ones plus zero. Okay. This is going great. We're all so great at this game, guys. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Hey, 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 Natalie. Yes. Can we protect people in this situation? You certainly could, Hugo. Please do. Who would you like to protect? Oh, Lord. Pick your favorite. Oh, that's just cruel. At this point, Felicity, Raven, and Lark all look like they might either get hurt or have something bad happen to them as a result of this agripelter attack. Hey, did the splinter cat roll? You know, it didn't. I'll see what it what happens to the splinter cat. That's a good call, Whitaker. Cle clearly, we, we protect the splinter cat. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It could be an endangered species. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> the splinter cat got odds, so it will also have to act under pressure. <laughs> It's a monster? I don't know how that works. We'll just see what it gets on 2d6. I won't add anything to it. If I'm still wrapped around it and I'm in danger, it should also be in danger. So it makes sense. So it got a seven, which is not great. That's still a mix. Let's let Hugo resolve his thing and I'll figure out what happens to the people that don't get protection. Hugo, who's your favorite? <laughs> so Hugo's favorite is whoever the dice says is his favorite because I'm far too lazy for that. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. No, I understand. Let's see. So you guys don't pick favorites. Oh, just just me. Okay, that's fine. Who's your favorite? Find out in game. I made a whole list for Damien. I know the exact hierarchy of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising. 
Congrats, Raven. You're being saved. Okay. Raven is being saved, possibly. Who knows? This could go badly. Go ahead and roll to protect someone. Ah, 12. Damn. Wow. All right. And you have the shield spell, or is that a separate thing? That is just for the damage that comes to me. Fantastic. Yeah, with a 12, you get to choose an extra effect from the protect someone options. To let you choose that, I will describe the scene a little more now that we know that you've at least succeeded on protecting someone. This top of this pine tree is being chucked sort of like a fluffy lance, I guess, <laughs> through the air. And it is going to impact into the ground because this is a rather wide clearing. So the aggro pelter is still feeling out the range that it needs to throw things if it's going to be attacking trees in the vicinity. The top of it hits the ground, snaps, the momentum carries the lower, thicker part of the trunk forward, and it starts to just come down towards where Lark, Raven, the Splinter Cat are all gathered. And one of the stones that it kicks up when it impacts, or like a big dirt clod, flies towards Felicity and is going to make her have to fall to the ground. Aiden is too far away to like port over and grab uh, Felicity. That's what's happening. Okay, so I guess to go with the idea of since he's not actually nearby, he's probably not going to take any harm. So I can do the um, reduced harm to minus one. Sure. In anime style, he's going to launch a spear of lightning at the tree, Ooh. at the branch that's coming down, mm -hmm. to slice it in half. Oh, that's very cool. I love that. And then with your shield, you suffer absolutely no harm, right? Yep. So with a minus three and with a successful protect, you actually negate the three harm of this tree barrage attack. And with a move as cool as that, I'll say you managed to just blast this tree apart. Lark throws his jacket up in front of his face so he doesn't get splinters or anything. The Splinter Cat's mixed success is going to free itself from you, Raven, as you also kind of just throw your hands up like, ah! But it will take no damage. Felicity, the negative effect you get for both not being protected and having to fail on that act under pressure, this big dirt clod comes and just like knocks the wind out of you. So it doesn't cause any physical harm, but you are just like huffing and puffing and bent over. <laughs> okay. All right. That's very cool. That's a great, great opener, Hugo. So does Raven take any harm at all? No, he successfully protected you. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. On a, on a seven plus, you protect them okay, but you'll suffer some or all of the harm they were going to get. So I can say, yeah, he would have suffered all of it by rushing up to help. But because of the excellence of his work, uh, nobody gets hurt. Cool, 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 cool. I would like to do something. Go for it. Um, so while seeing Raven on fire, it reminds Felicity of a little, a little something that she had experienced the night prior. <laughs> so she takes out Granny Jones's tin of cookies and she would like to eat one. <laughs> If you're referring to the fire breath that you had from that one cookie, I think I had said it had not worn off yet. It's still here? Yeah, I mean, you, you had it and never got to actually use it, so I was I didn't want you to, like, waste a cookie, you know? Uh, well, it's up to you. I thought that was the night before. Yeah, I felt like she just tried a cookie to see. It was the night before, but it's been like, you know, this is the, the noon hour of the next day, so. Yeah. But you know what? Go ahead. Have a new cookie. It's I fine. I was going to say, how long did 
does it usually last? I didn't define it. There's no oh. rules in this game on how like magic has to last or work. It's it's very soft magic okay, system. Okay, so. I was gonna say I felt like Felicity had tried that cookie just to see if they were magical, and so it didn't really count. Like I didn't think she'd be able to use that as a fighting thing, but now she knows these cookies are magical, and she sure. could use them in a fight. Okay. So she would like to eat another cookie. Go for it. I'm going to roll? I'll roll. Yeah, I think roll and it will determine how useful the magic in the cookie you select will be. All right. So roll 2d6. Mm -hmm. Add what? Anything? Nothing. Because this is not you using magic. You are just selecting a cookie at random. Um, That is an 11. Very nice. So. Hmm. Okay. Felicity, you munch into this cookie. It's a... It actually almost resembles a brownie a little bit. Okay. It's got like a cracked top Mm -hmm. and it's very dark. It looks like it's chocolate. You get a little hint of chocolate in there. But you also get sort of a a flavor of like mint and basil, like herbs are in this cookie. You munch it down really fast, hoping that the magic will take effect quickly. And when you look at your hand as you like brush the crumbs off your face, you see bark just start to grow onto your skin and vines which wrap around you and sort of sprout from your head and form like a antler headpiece similar to how Mira's looks and your legs the vines reach up from the ground and wrap around you and it's almost like you're on these stilts and so you are now this bark skinned human but in like a satyr type battle armor made of the plant life around you you can have two armor magical I'll flavor some of your magic stuff if you do your own magic in a little bit. Very cool. We should come up with names for these cookies. Let me start a list somewhere. Cinnamon Fire Breath. (laughs) And we'll call this one Brownie Bark. Brownie Bark, that's good. Ooh, ooh, wait. Can I make a recommendation for the name of the cinnamon one? Oh, yeah, sure. Dragon Snap. Oh, that's very good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. That's so much better. So, the third beast in this encounter is going to take an action. Felicity, you hear a voice behind you. Really behind you. Like, super fucking close behind you. I can help, maybe, as long as I get to stay here. Oh, um, yeah, we can make that happen. Okay, I'll follow your lead. All right, cool. That's great. You almost feel little, not hands, but just like something kind of latches onto your shoulder blades. Can I like (laughs) look to see it? it? You look and like out of the corner of your eye, you just see more bark and like branches and things on your shoulder, like sprouting. So you're not exactly sure what's back there. You can't literally look behind yourself. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Okay. Who is gonna act next? I could let Lark do something, I suppose. Lark is going to... He's going to heal some harm on himself. You see he takes his wooden sword and holds it in a reverse grip and runs his fingers along the wooden blade. And as he does, this green light flashes from it. You see some of the scuffs and dirt and impact grit on him is brushed away by a green flash. And then he will turn and 
not attack the Splinter Cat, but come up beside you, Whitaker, and be ready to defend if he needs to. And he says, I'll follow your lead, but I've got jurisdiction, buddy. Whitaker takes note of the self-healing, um, nods respectfully. All right, you can hold your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, his glitch, that I don't want to forget about. Take one harm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the magic draws immediate unwelcome attention. The green flash catches the splinter cat's eye, and also he literally walks right over to the person that shot it, so it is going to attack the two of you next. What do you guys do? The splinter cat is moving away from Raven and towards Whitaker and Lark. Its focus is on the two of them at this point. Okay. Um, they have caused it more harm than you have so far. Can Raven try to use one of the new fire magic things that she has? You want to do combat magic? Yes. Go for it. Yeah, I should probably do blast. Wait, before you do anything, Whitaker is going to shout out, See if you can get it pointed towards the aggro pelter. Okay. <laughs> she's gonna... <laughs> she'll, like, nod an acknowledgement. Um, I don't know how she's going to attempt to do that, but she definitely heard you <laughs> and will consider that. Yeah, I think she's just gonna try and use blast with fire. When you use these spells to kick some ass, roll plus weird instead of plus tough. Okay. So she just has to roll plus weird. That's a 12. Okay. You seriously kick its butt, which means you get to pick one of the uh, bonus options. One of which is you force them where you want them. Which you don't have to do. Whitaker's talking out of his ass all the time. So you you do whatever (laughs) you want. She's going to try and hit it so hard that it, if she can't get it to get further away from Whitaker and Lark, she wants to try and disorient it so it's facing away from them and maybe try to just confuse and distract it so it's not focusing on them anymore. Mm-hmm. If she can get it to face towards the aggro pelter, that'd be great, but that's kind of asking a lot for magic she's never used before. If you could set up like a fire wall around it, like between it and Whitaker and um, Lark, so that it only has one direction to go, that'd be something. It would be, however, <laughs> very dangerous. I, there is like a wall ability, but I don't think Raven has that with this fire Ooh. magic. I think I only get blast or ball. I picked blast and ball arbitrarily. If you would oh, rather okay. have wall instead of the ball attack, I'd let you take that. But once you pick two, that's what you've got. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll switch them. I'll still do the blast for this attack, but I will take wall and I'll try to use that next time. Okay. So this first one's just to try and maybe she'll aim for like its back or something just to try and get it to like fall over or spin or just somehow get disoriented. Yeah. How much harm does the last magic cause? Uh, two. Is that it? I think so. Ah, but there's more. Yeah. What does the fire do? Oh, that adds another two. Any other effects that it does? I rolled higher than a 10, so the fire does not spread. So that's (laughs) good. Okay. Also, since since I just went, I will mention I picked another move to take as my level up. Uh-huh. I wish I would have taken it a tiny bit sooner because it would have been really helpful in that first move. But <laughs> it is another searcher move called Prepared to Defend. And it says, even truth seekers need to fight sometimes. Whenever you suffer harm, when you kick some ass or protect someone, you suffer one harm less. Very cool. So okay. I attribute that to all the training she's had with Whitaker and all the stuff that's been going on. She's not very good at kicking ass or protecting people, but when she does, it doesn't hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. 
Where does it say what happens when you roll your combat magic that it doesn't spread? I know it says something like that somewhere. I just don't. It's under in the combat magic table that Ade sent. It's specific for the spreading of fire from that ability. Yeah, it's under fire magic. So under effects, there's fire, and it says add plus two harm fire to a base. If you get a 10 plus on the combat magic roll, the fire won't spread. Gotcha. I was looking for a table like that for like every type of spell combat. So with your new searcher move, on top of that 12 and the fact that your roll means that the fire doesn't spread, when the blast hits the splinter cat, it takes this big searing gout of flame to its side, which immediately makes you the biggest threat and the easiest to see because you are a literal flame floating in the air. It will run up and slash at you with its big claw, but you are ready for that and you will take one less of the to harm that it wants to do to you. Cool. That wraps up your kick some ass move. Uh, I need you to act under pressure again. That's a seven. Okay. When you launch the fire raven at this thing, you're this is the first time you're now really drawing on the power of the salamander. You hear a little whisper in the back of your mind, and it says, "It should all burn." I don't like that. Who's next? I know I feel like I just went, but I do have... There's no initiative. If you've got a thing that makes narrative sense, go for it. I know I just encased myself in bark, but (laughs) there is something non-combative that I would like to do. Sure. I would like to use magic to communicate with something that I do not share a language with. Okay. I want to talk to the splinter cat. I want to know what's happening here. You haven't talked to it yet. In fact, this is the first time you're seeing it. Careful what you say, Felicity. You do look like a tree. A tree. (laughs) I got an 11. All right. No glitch. You can communicate with the splinter cat. What do you say? Uh, hey, man. Listen, stop. Stop it. We're not trying to hurt you. I mean, okay, I'm not trying to hurt you. We just want to know what's going on over here. <laughs> okay. You don't have the move that lets you negotiate with monsters. So you shout this at the Splinter Cat as it is glaring down Raven in her fiery form. It doesn't even address you. You just hear it kind of snarling under its breath now that you can understand its growls and noises as what it's feeling. Speech, yeah. And it says, The flames, the flames are bad for the woods. Must put out, must put out the fire. Raven, stop it. Turn it off, Raven. You're making him angry. Felicity, because you have elected to focus on the splinter cat, the aggro pelter is going to take another move. And you hear just a little whisper. Oh, no, he's coming again. I'm sorry, man. I I didn't. I thought I could talk to him. And you hear the aggro pelter again from the edge of the tree line. I'll protect you, dude. You're my bud now. And another tree comes tumbling through the air. This one looks like it's sailing much further. So again, everyone will need to roll Act Under Pressure. Shit. Actually, no, sorry. Everyone roll just the d6 to determine who is in danger of this attack. Even. Odd. Odd. Even. All right. Aiden got odd. Lark got even. If you are odd, you are in danger. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, well. Um, 
Man, Aiden hasn't gotten to do much. She's just been teleporting to avoid getting hit by trees. <laughs> Who else is in danger besides Felicity? Great. <laughs> Hi. Hugo is. Okay. So this tree actually is headed more towards Felicity than anything else. Sick. And you can hear way far off the aggro pelter yells, I can smell you out there high behind. And oh, it's on me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. I got you. Don't worry. And I'm going to, even though it's coming for me, I want to try to protect him. So you're going to try and protect the hide behind. Yes. Fantastic. I was going to try and protect Felicity since she did just yell at me. So my focus is on her, but we can resolve that first. Yeah. You've got a splinter cat on you. I want to protect the hide behind. Okay. Go ahead and roll to protect someone. Okay. This is a stupid idea. This is a dumb, dumb idea. <laughs> but God damn it, I'm gonna do it. I love this man already. <laughs> He's so cute and scary. Uh, seven! A mix. Okay. So all you get to do is protect them okay. You'll suffer some or all of the harm they were going to get. Okay. The Agropelder's Tree Barrage is three harm. You're going to take all of it because the hide behind is behind you. Yes. You do have two armor thanks to Granny's Brownie Bark. Thank God. So you will take one harm as this tree crashes into you. While it is much bigger and would normally bowl you completely over, the roots that have encased your legs and given you these satyr stilts to walk around on plunge into the ground very deeply and the antler headpiece around your forehead shoots out and enlarges and catches the tree as it rolls towards you in sort of a scooping motion and lifts it and you get smacked in the face by some branches as more of it passes over you but your woodland armor is protecting you from a lot of the actual harm of getting hit by a tree trunk very cool <laughs> Hugo, you are in danger, and while Aiden is also in danger, she is going to try to protect you. Should I try to act under pressure as well, or...? Yes, because you are in danger. Do, 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 do. Eight. Not All the right. best. Not the best. Aiden got a seven. So, let's see how she does on protecting you. That's a nine, plus her tough. Uh, eleven. So she will take any of the damage you are going to get, We'll say after Felicity chucks the tree trunk away from her, it is still soaring in the air and bouncing down the field with all of its momentum and force. And one end of it is coming right for you, Hugo. And while Aiden can't get out of the way entirely while protecting you, she just sort of teleports and pushes you to the ground and then is smacked by this tree. Goes doubled over, you know, rolling down the, the grass of this clearing. She will take that three harm as well from the tree barrage, but I think her defenses negate a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, so while she does like get hit with the momentum, her angelic armor is going to keep her from actually like becoming injured. All right. More bellowing from all the beasts that have gathered here in these woods and the hide behind whispers into Felicity's ear. You're strong. Maybe we can make him stop. Yeah, I I think we can. Don't worry. We should talk to the aggro builder. Get it to help us. 
Help us do what? Defeat the splinter cat? You see a very thin twig kind of come out of your peripheral vision and point over at the splinter cat. We don't want to kill him, though. But what about the trees? I know. Yeah, you're right. All right, I'll talk to the acro pelter. Don't worry. Damien, let's just check in with you real quick. I don't know that Damien would have been able to recognize where the throne tree came from. But if Damien saw that Felicity was hurt, he would fly down to administer healing. I don't know that you're here. You're still flying as a bird. I think you saw, we said, the lightning bolt go off. But aside from that... Oh, Damien's enjoying the view. Yeah, you are You are just a bird. Uh, oh, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> okay. Does lightning make you consider anything at all, or...? You're just like, oh, weird. Uh, yeah, Damien would recognize the need to go faster. Lightning okay. bolt strikes aren't going to signal that everyone's having a nice, peaceful, normal day. Mm-hmm. As you are rushing through the forest, you see movement below you, below the canopy of the trees. He's easily distracted. <laughs> what kind of bird are you? Uh, would have been a casual raven until he saw the lightning, and then he would have transformed into a bird of prey for speed. Okay, so we'll say you're some sort of red tail or similar raptor. You swoop down below the trees, maneuvering with your tail feathers, and you see Jay, the forest dragon, speeding through the forest as quick as he can just rushing towards the direction where you saw that thunderbolt go off. Is Jay faster than Damien? You're moving at about the same pace. Damien is going to try to get a free ride. He's seen videos where birds will perch on the back of other birds, so he's going to just try to jump on the back of the tail of the dragon and just ride along. (laughs) Okay. You reach out with your bird talons to grasp at Jay's tail to try and catch him and get a ride. Act under pressure. Eleven. Your talons reach out. You're able to grab a bit of the bark and scales on Jay's tail and you latch on and (laughs) you hear him say, Tara! There is a stowaway aboard. Deal with him! And nothing happens for a little while. You just continue to race through the forest. But a little while later, you feel something stab your foot. uh, And you look down and there's a little small folk with a staff made of a popsicle stick with a sewing needle lashed to the end of it. And she is (laughs) stabbing away at your bird-taloned foot. Get your claws off me friend here! No free rides, not today! Is this small folk able to deal more than one damage to Damien? She's not really dealing any damage to you right now. Damien's going to take the free ride. <laughs> okay. Could you read a bad situation? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, that's a two. I will ask no questions. So you don't really get any sense of warning or anything of what's about to happen. You are riding on the back of this dragon. The little needle is like sticking your foot. But again, it's a needle and you are just a goop demon. So it's not actually hurting very much. And Jay's body twitches and a ripple of muscle goes through his entire snake-like form until it gets to the end of the tail and there is a 
like a bullwhip cracking. And you and Terra are both sent flying off in some random direction. <laughs> and you hear Tella scream, You bastard, double cross and scaly mother! <laughs> and you and Terra just go flying off and impact into a tree trunk. And you hear as Jay moves away from you both quickly. Indeed, no free rides in my forest today! <laughs> Damien will straighten himself up. Tara, welcome to my plain earth. How would you like your free ride today? What animal would you prefer? She walks at a talking bird and says, What the? You're not a hawk, are you? Uh, no. I am with Raven Eugenia's crew, and I think we need to get to help them as fast as possible. A shape changer? Well, can you do a sparrow? Damien focuses and strains and slowly <laughs> shrinks down to the size of a sparrow, condensing down. Mm-hmm. She takes a bit of dental floss <laughs> from her side and makes a little lash that you can like bite onto, like a bit, and just gives a little like, Yeah! Let's go! And you and Tara take off to try and catch up to Jay. We'll hop right back to the group. Aiden just pushes herself up from the ground. Her face is like full of grass and dirt. She went literally end over, you know, and uh, just like spits out some turf and like looks at the battle ahead of her. Felicity, are you dashing towards the agropelter or where the trees are getting flung from the edge of this clearing? Yeah, I'm heading towards them. Uh, I think she's going to act under pressure. That's a 10. That will get her. She's able to just quickly... Summon a teleport and appears besides you, Felicity, running towards where the agripulter is. Do you have a plan? Yeah, I'm going to try to calm him down. I can help with that. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. That team is heading off. Could I read a bad situation? Certainly. Uh, yeah, it's a 12. So my uh, idea right now is Whitaker is not going to be a heavy hitter. He simply does not have the equipment to do so. So my question right now is like, how can we keep this battle in this area and what we can do to make sure no, you know, hikers or outside civilians know what's going on. So my question right now is, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Dangers being more like, I'm just trying to assess the situation. Like how loud is everything right now? And is it going to attract outside attention? It's very loud because not only are there beast screams happening, there's lightning being shot off, there's big explosions of fire, there are the crash of trees being either uprooted or snapped off in the middle and then chucked through the air and impacting. The good news is that you guys were pretty far out into the trails. When Morton took you out here initially, you guys took his car to one of the more remote parking spots. So the likelihood that there are people out here is Fairly low, not zero, but given the policy of the Glacier Park, you know, ranger service that they've been keeping people much closer to the different visitor centers, there's not a lot of chance of this really affecting civilians outside of your party. But a danger you haven't noticed yet, Raven, could you act under pressure again? Oh, no. I just rolled double sixes. Okay. Plus zero. That's fine. 
you do see Whitaker that as much as Raven has managed to keep the fire from spreading or causing a lot of forest damage, there are some embers and things on the ground. And if she were to, just for the sake of argument, lose control of this magic, it could go very poorly. Yeah, that's um, that's a good point. Yeah, okay, with that in mind. Uh, you know what? I'll give you one more thing, because Felicity is running off and you're sort of looking around really quickly. You, oh, would you see this, though? Because it's you. If it's magic, probably not. Yeah. I could see a disturbance in the force, maybe. You can see the splinter cat and the, and the agropelter, though. Like, you can see them. So we're going to stay with that theming. As Felicity and Aiden take off and are running towards where these big chunks of tree have been flying forward, you see on Felicity's back is this tall, gangly creature, which sort of resembles a humanoid stick bug. Their body is covered in a similar bark-like texture to what Felicity's got going on. So it blends in very closely, but you see it because it looks like sort of this armored carapace on Felicity's back that's like distorting its body in weird ways to make sure that from the front, if you were standing in front of her, you wouldn't be able to see it at all because it would just be behind every bit of her body or limb. It's almost like an exosuit is on her and it's just moving independently to stay camouflaged. You could mistake them for just an animate collection of entangled branches and sticks. Uh, yeah, that's all you see for now because it's facing forward. So you don't actually see what its face looks like. I can't believe we just got stick bugged. <laughs> A meme that is already irrelevant and will be even more irrelevant by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, it's not quite a danger, but I wanted someone to have that bit of observation go down. And it makes sense it'd be you. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> All right. Immediate danger. Raven, I'm going to need you to turn it down. You're too volatile right now. And he's going to, while he can, run out and like, if he sees some embers starting to spark up, just like stamp them out real quick. He's on fire duty right now. Okay, yeah. That's easy enough to do. And I think that's all I can do for the moment. Sure. Uh, who's next? Okay, Splinter Cat's going to go. It's oh! charging for... <laughs> if you guys pause, I'm just going to have the it's monsters do things. You can't take your time with this. That's how I'm going to make it feel dangerous. Uh, Splinter Cat's gonna do its dreadful pounce at Lark and Whitaker again. I'll roll and determine which of them it's actually gonna go for. Lower the two is Lark, so it's going for Lark. Well, I'm gonna try to protect him. Like, come on. <laughs> well, you just went. Let's. Can I try to protect him? Certainly. Okay, yeah, this Raven, that makes more sense. I can't imagine it's gonna go well, but she can't not. Like, yeah, it's your brother. What you doing? That's a seven. Okay. It's not a failure. Uh-huh. For protect someone, it's just I suffer some or all of the harm that they would have gotten. All right. Can she, if she sees the splinter cat about to pounce, I imagine since it's a cat, it does that thing where you can tell it's about to pounce. You know, the little, it, that's, maybe not it, as adorably. But well, no, because it's that would be if it was ambushing someone. But no, this is this is pouncing the way like a leopard or lion would pounce chasing down the prey and the pounce is just the end of a very like a running jump essentially okay could she still recognize that it's aiming for I mean, it's going right for your brother yeah. absolutely so she knows that can she try to intercept it and see if she can hit it and knock it off of its like trajectory 
She's feeling very powerful with these fire powers and diving into stupid situations. Yeah, well, if you, you didn't roll great on the protect someone. So if you wanted to combine it with like a kick some ass or a combat magic, I'd let you do that to try and mitigate because you're going to take a lot of harm if you just take this straight entirely into yourself. Yes. Yeah. All right. I will. I can also roll a kick some ass. Oh, God. I hope this doesn't go badly. <laughs> Why did I say that? What'd you get? I rolled double ones again. Okay. Hey, Finn, I'm going to lose two Eugenias in one day. <laughs> it's a two for one special. These oh. dice are not getting rolled anymore tonight. They're going in jail. So what were you attempting to do? Like what combat magic were you going to try to protect yourself and Lark from this pounce? Um, Honestly, she was probably just going to either use blast or if she knew that was gonna hurt her too badly just try and use the fact that she's on fire and try to jump on it and get the flames in its face you know like disorient it i mean you have wall right that gives you armor oh i didn't even see that yeah wall can be a barrier but it can also be a protective move for yourself i didn't even think about that okay she will use the wall ability to try and i guess shield her Self? I just know she's running at the splinter cat trying to intercept its pounce and see if she can get it to change direct, like get it off course and maybe try to like blind it. Okay, yeah. The splinter cat, still both hungry and also feeling threatened, is going to, you know, I said it was going after Lark, but right before that I had described it as saying must put out the fire, must put out the fire. So I'm going to say that Lark had run over to back you up. He's sort of splitting his attention between you and Whitaker, and the Splinter Cat's running at both of you. And this wall of fire erupts from your hands and spreads in front of the Splinter Cat and you and Lark, just causing this divide in the clearing. The Splinter Cat is already in its full momentum. It's not going to stop. And it's pounce while it is sort of half slowing down because it doesn't want to run through fire. But again, it's like, I've got to put you out, tackles you. And although you're floating, it takes you to the ground and sinks its big saber-toothed tiger cat jaw into your shoulder. So you would take four, but your wall of fire gives you one armor. So you take three. Um, do I also get minus one more because of my new ability? I get one harm less if I'm kicking ass or protecting someone. I know I'm kind of doing both at the same time. So is that just one extra off? Does it say it happens no matter what or only if you succeed? It's whenever you suffer harm, when you kick some ass or protect someone. Okay. Yeah, you can take one less. So it okay. would be two from this okay. pounce attack. That's Do good. You, does that <laughs> spread the fire? It certainly does because she rolled double ones. Yeah. <laughs> so And also cast a wall of fire. Yeah. So now, Whitaker, as you're like stamping out the last ember and you just told Raven like, I need you to put it out. Suddenly fire just shoots past your face and you have to like back up like, whoa! Raven, what did I say about being volatile? <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. You failed to, or you got a seven on the protect, right? I failed to kick ass. And then you failed to kick ass. So you got your butt kicked. The splinter cat, mm, a wall is one harm magic barrier and it did go through it. I'll say that your fire does burn the, uh, the splinter cat a little bit more, uh, but mostly you were the one taking damage. I will also say if I took that full four damage, I would have died straight up dead. How much harm are you at right now, in fact? Um, five. Great. So you're so, unstable. Yes. So I was at three. 
Mm-hmm. And if I had taken that four, that would have been straight up dead. So okay. thankfully I still have two more, but I am unstable. So uh, just wanted to let everyone know she's not in good shape. Mm-hmm. So why don't you act under pressure for me? It's great. kind of difficult to maintain your mental control when you're unstable, isn't it? I was going to say. Yeah, mm. probably. In fact, mm. because you are unstable, you're going to have a minus one to this. Well, it doesn't matter anyway, because I rolled a five plus zero. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Is anyone who's dealing with the splinter cat want to do something and then we'll jump to an aggro pelter scene? Hugo, you haven't done much in a, a little bit. I was just going to have him keep trying to intercept logs. <laughs> okay, so you're you're sort of protecting the group on splinter cat duty from aggro pelter stuff. Yep. All right. Then we will go right to an aggro pelter scene, Felicity. Very cool. You, Aiden, and the hide behind dash towards this tree that the aggro pelter is on top of. Again, the aggro pelter doesn't know exactly where the hide behind is and has sort of been seeing what's going on. But he's like, that's a different fight. That's not my thing. So he's just looking around wildly. And in each of his long, curving, tentacle-like arms are just more dead limbs and fresh limbs that he's pulling off the sides of these trees. And he says, Finally coming to face me! I can smell your stench getting closer and closer, hide behind! Prepare to be squashed! Oh, no, that's just me! (laughs) All right, so you're just shouting up at him? Yeah. Hello, uh, a uh, Mr. Agropelter? You again? I'm this close to getting the hide behind and ending his reign of terror. Listen, let me ask you a question. Where is the destruction happening right now? He goes, I heard it happening. There was a loud crash, and I know I said I'd give you to the end of the day, but I couldn't let his crimes go unpunished. I completely understand. Can we settle for a moment and speak? I'm going to... I'm going to have Aiden roll her soothe ability. Normally, that's not something she has to roll for, but this is at a distance and they're a monster, not a person. Mm -hmm. I'll let you help her out if she needs it to sort of get the agropelter to chill for a little. Oh, she's going to need to help. (laughs) Well, I rolled a 10, so... Okay. She rolled a four. Her weird gets her to a six. With your 10 to help out, she gets a mixed success seven on calming him down. Beautiful. So she actually runs up ahead of you and just puts her palms on the tree the agropelter is perched at the top of. And these waves of gold and energy start to just radiate up the trunk of this tree. How do you help her? I mean, mostly I'm just going to talk to him. In a a very calming voice, in a very soothing voice. Hey, let's take a second. Just for a second. Don't worry about what's going on over there. That's not the now. We're in the here. And we're going to focus on the here. Okay? You see his waving, curling arms kind of slow. And they slowly descend and just droop in these big J shapes as his fists don't rest on the ground. The wood or whatever he's holding in them sort of digs into the ground and the hands just rest above the ground on top of them, still gripping them to pick them up at any moment. Aiden, the gold energy coming off her hands, she looks back at you. You're doing really good. Keep going. And the agropelter with his feet climbing like a, a monkey shimmies down the tree to get closer to you, Felicity. Still very red in the face, still huffing and puffing. His eyes are a little bloodshot and his pupils dilated. 
but he looks at you and he says, Okay, I'm here. What do you need to say? Because there's a hide behind somewhere. It's like he's right next to me, in fact. I know. It's wild, right? So the hide behind. I've seen what he does. I've seen it. And I'm going to say something kind of controversial, okay? And you just need to keep an open mind. Noah's kind of wrinkles and his lips pull back over his teeth. And he licks one of his incisors and just... I know. It's hard. It's hard to face the truth. But the hide behind is not the problem. Do you hear that destruction that's going on in the distance? Do you hear that? (laughs) Yeah, there's some kind of hoot nanny going on over there. Yeah, did you think that that was the hide behind? I'm sure he's involved. All that destruction over there, that's still happening because of something called the Splinter Cat. But how can you be sure it ain't the hide behind in some sort of wicked disguise? Because the hide behind is currently on my back. (sighs) He has been on my back doing nothing. He wants nothing but to save the forest. He wants the same thing that you want. And it's the Splinter Cat. He's the one disrupting the forest. It's not the hide behind. Felicity, roll manipulate someone. Jesus Christ. Okay. You know, Anders, I haven't used one luck point yet. Not one. (laughs) And I'm not going to use one now because I got an 11. (laughs) Felicity, the luckiest lady in the forest. That manipulate was not for the aggro pelter. It was for the hide behind on your back. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and so what happens is you say, he's on my back. He's been here the whole time. And Aiden, who's like got her hands on that tree and at this point glances over. And what she sees is from behind Felicity in this satyr bark armor. It's like your shadow is stepping outside of you. This bug stick-like thing made of fallen branches held together in an impossible way starts to step off of your back and if you glance behind you at him you can see that his face is just this slab of bark with two holes in it that have a dull yellow light glowing from within them. This empty darkness within the face and these two points of light, almost like fireflies. Do I notice that he's acting aggressive or aggressively stanced? The high behind? Yeah. He's not acting aggressive. Oh, he's just stepping out. He's just very like gangly and like awkwardly shaped because he was so crunched up and condensed on your back to fit behind you. When it finally is fully emerged and like stepped out from you, it's... Oh, so he revealed himself to the aggro pelter. Yes, he did. Because you're making the perfect point to prove his innocence, that all the mess is happening. Oh, I thought he was going to kill me. I was no. so ready. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, he's de- he's like, gonna- he tricked me. No, no okay. absolutely not. You, you rolled really well. Okay. <laughs> Felicity, with your courage, you gave him courage. And oh, his. Oh! <laughs> wholesome boy! He's wholesome! Yeah! I love him so much! 
And again, he has no mouth, so you don't know where the voice comes from, but from his form, which again is like, at this point, 10 feet tall, just this big stick man, you know. And he says, Agropelter, this one is telling the truth. The Splinter Cat is the one who has been destroying the trees. I only watch. And the Agropelter's already very dilated bloodshot eyes, they almost narrow into the hide behind's face. <laughs> well, if they don't beat all! <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much! All right. Um, so before we all charge off into the fray, I'm going to say, listen, Agropelter, I know this is really, really, really hard for you, but we really can't kill the Splinter Cat. What we're really trying to do is relocate him to a forest which he can survive and thrive to his fullest extent. So we will get him out of your forest, we will get him into a new one, but we will not kill him. Does that make sense to you? Agropelter lets go of one of the tree trunks that he had been hanging on to, and a long arm with the hand at the end comes over and kind of scratches at his nose. And he says, Well, a splinter cat. I ain't never heard of nothing like that. What's he like? He's kind of mean, but we really don't want to hurt him. We're really nice people. We're trying to preserve the wildlife and the supernatural in this forest. And so we would like to relocate him to a different forest in which he can live peacefully and live out the rest of his supernatural life. Are you saying that he's just some unintelligent varmint? He's just kind of dumb and he's he doesn't know what he's doing. But we would like to transfer him to a new place. He lets go of the other tree trunk he was hanging on to, and the other hand comes over. The agropelter cracks his knuckles. Well, sounds like we got varmint to catch. Correct. You see, for the first time, the agropelter gives you a big, toothy, like, baboon grin. And the hide behind uh, looks down at you and says, Thank you, Felicity. Oh, um, you are eternally welcome, hide. Do you have a name? Mm, they make sort of a, I don't know, gesture with their hands. Can I give you a name? His name is the Hide Behind, Agropelter No, no, no. <laughs> he deserves a real name. Your name is now Marvin. And it brings a long spindly finger, draws it down over its face, and then like stops at what is basically a chin and says, Marvin, sure. I think you seem like a Marvin. Felicity, you, the hide behind, the agropelter, and Aiden turn from this little scene that's happening here, and you see a towering vortex of flame erupting from the center of the clearing. Well, thanks a lot, <laughs> Raven. <laughs> Hello, adventurers. Thanks for listening in to our latest episode. This one is a little longer than usual, but we hope you'll enjoy the extra time with us. Still, let's keep this a short break. So let me tell you about our promo for this week, Dungeons and Pop. 
It's a tabletop variety show podcast where they have multiple campaigns and short series spanning several different game systems and genres. I'm personally excited to check out their series featuring a group of transforming heroes with attitude and giant robots. I was a kid in the 90s. I can't help feeling nostalgic for morphing adventurers. You can find them on Twitter and Facebook at Dungeons Pop. Here's their showrunner, Sean, with their trailer. Do you enjoy podcasts with varying content, such as superheroes? And you see more of the bushes coming to chase the kids? Um, all right. Um, I think I need to get their attention focused on me. Tell them to leave them alone. Transforming heroes. And he nods to the giant dragon turtle. You hear a crunch as I crush a building as I walk forward. We have... No, the library! (laughs) Not the books. And a bit of horror. It looks almost like there's entrails going in opposite direction. That's a little bit of whatever it is you can see. It's just these red... Oh! Ready, stringy stuff. Oh, oh, well, okay then. Yikes. Then you should check out Dungeons & Pop, a tabletop variety show that involves several guests from the actual play scene, as well as other people who just wanted to try out being on a podcast, which you can join on our Discord server. We release episodes regularly on Wednesday on your podcast player of choice. You all know the ways you can support this show by now, but maybe you just need a reminder to get around to leaving us a review, following our social media, or joining our Patreon. All the links and info you'll need are in the episode description. Now let's get back and find out how the heck this mystery wraps up. See you next time, adventurers. Raven, on your last act under pressure, you rolled a five minus some stuff. Your vision just goes white. You are not sure where you are for a minute, and then you blink a couple times, and you can see your hands no longer on fire, but you are in just this empty white space. A little bit ahead of you is this tiny flame. There doesn't seem to be any fuel for it, but it's just this little flame that is burning ahead of you. Uh, I think she's going to reach one hand out towards it, not to touch it, but just to see if she can move in this space and get any closer. If you extend a hand and go to reach towards it, you seem to close the distance. But when you get close enough to where you could touch it, it lashes out and a sort of solar flare burst of fire (laughs) knocks you back and you sort of slow and drift to a distance away from it again. Okay. Uh, she's just going to call out to it and be like, hello? I'm really sorry. I I thought I had this under control, but I don't think fire magic is for me. I kind of mess things up really bad out there. You are doing fine, Druid. Can I ask who I'm speaking to? I am the flame. And the fire turns, and you can see it's that little salamander spirit from the first time you activated its card. You think I did a good job out there? Absolutely. The fire must burn. Well, that does make sense. Uh, I guess fire would want fire to spread. Um, Unfortunately, that was not very helpful to the situation that my friends and family were in. Otherwise, I'd be happy to spread the fire for you. This is just not a good place for it. Hmm. Location is irrelevant. 
the fire will burn. And it turns around. Everyone else, after the wall of fire goes up, and now there's just this sort of scorch trail in the grass, some of the grass catches, some of it hitters out quickly because it's green. This is the middle of or start of springtime summer, so there hasn't really been quite a drought yet to cause very, very dry kindling to be around. But there's certainly more fires than Whitaker you'd be able to stamp out quickly with your feet. And the splinter cat, as it bit into Raven, her fiery form erupted in flames and the splinter cat was blasted back. Raven, the fire attack from the blast does four. Sorry, what? The fire attack from blast is a four harm attack. Yes, it's two from blast and two from fire. Okay, Splinter Cat takes four blast damage as it is knocked back. It lands in the ground, smoking and charred. From where Raven was on the ground, her body lifts, still blazing, and then another eruption as this pillar of fire just shoots out from her form. You can't see her anymore. There's now just this vortex of fire spinning up into the sky, and the heat in this area now is incredibly intense. Am I taking any more harm from that? Uh, no, you're fine. Okay. What do you all do? So, Hugo has a level up. Yeah. Which I was going to use for one thing, but would like to use for something else. Fair enough. What are you taking? I am taking the advanced improvement of taking another combat magic pick. Specifically, taking frost or ice. As a flavor to add to one of your bases, correct? Yep. Okie dokie. I'd like to try to do an ice wall, the one that adds the barrier, but around himself. Okay. And then walk into the pillar of flame. Interesting. So let's let's slow down time a little bit here in this moment. Hugo, normally you have been a delver of lightning and thunder and electricity. And aside from one encounter where maybe you didn't make the best decisions, it's gone pretty well for you. But you know that lightning is a cousin of fire. Where lightning strikes, fire can start. And so the magic from nature that you have grown accustomed to is just useless to you in this moment. How does Hugo reach out to a different element? What is that process like for him with his magic? That's a good question. I should figure that out. <laughs> hmm. Can we bounce to someone else while I think on this and also answer the door? Sure. So we will say that in this moment, Hugo is sort of having his level up moment where before he takes the action he described, he will just be searching within himself and within nature for a source of cold magic in order to combat this fiery threat. But that leaves Whitaker, Lark, and uh, that's it in the immediate vicinity. I think because Lark was there and sort of got knocked back when the firewall got up. So he's once again getting to his feet, dusts his jacket off briefly and snatches the forest sword up in his hand again and is just staring up at this pillar of flame. Raven? Lark, I need you to get out of here. I need everyone out of here now. This is my forest. I've got to protect it. This forest is about to be ashes. We are going to run out of oxygen in the next... 90 seconds. This is mission failure, Lark. He puts his hand on your shoulder. He says, she's my baby sister. Mission failure is not an option. He's going to raise the sword and just start marching towards the fire. Oh my god. Actually, what he's going to do 
is activate his move from the Paramantic playbook. I am theirs, and they are mine. Whenever you are in danger, your guide knows it. If your guide is suffering harm, you can spend point of luck to redirect the attack, as if you had rolled a 10 with protect someone. If you are suffering harm, you can decide that your guide has protected you and is suffering this harm instead. Uh, Raven, I need you to roll a kick some ass roll. That's a 12. These dice are nice to me. They felt a little bit of fear now that I kicked a couple other dice out of my <laughs> dice tray. <laughs> so, a blast of fire shoots towards Lark, and with the bravery and perhaps naivete of a protagonist in a story, he raises the forest sword to go and try and just slice this fire in half, and bursting from the tree line, Jay, the forest dragon, soars through and takes the hit throwing up his serpentine dragon body in front of Lark and gets blasted. There's a smoking bit of bark and scales on his body as he tumbles back, taking the hit. Jay, you all right? And as the dragon crumples to the ground, he raises his head and says, Go, chosen one! Save her! And Lark is going to rush towards the flame to try and get into the center of this vortex. Can I offer Lark something along the way? Absolutely. Whitaker, seeing that Lark is just straight up determined, even after getting hit with fire, he takes his jacket off, douses it in water from his water bottle, and throws it to him, just like, put this around your mouth so you don't breathe in any smoke. Good luck. He catches that and throws you the radio. Just call for help if we can't stop this! And he ties it around his head so his hair doesn't get <laughs> singed away. Can I retcon a thing so that other stuff can happen uh sure so i think this also goes against the wording of how the actual spell stuff works but i like instead of putting the ice on hugo put the ice on lark and let lark go deal with the things i i don't think it's against the wording to put armor on someone else it doesn't say specifically it has to be on you it just says it can be like one armor so i think you're good so this wouldn't be one armor this would be three armor because ice <laughs> okay, I just wanted to clarify that and give you an extra second to think. <laughs> yeah, we can say that. Let's say you see this chosen one rushing forward, and Hugo has had a bit of experience being prophesized about, given Claire Graves' fortune-telling surrounding his future. And so you look down at your whispered tattoo. <laughs> Crystals of ice form past the elbow, extending the length of the tattoo on his right hand. His eyes cloud over white, and this torrent of cold, freezing magic, which begins to surround Lark's body the instant before he plunges into the vortex of fire. Let's jump to Felicity and that group, and then we'll jump to Damien, because you can arrive at that point a little bit after Jay. Does the, the hide behind doesn't come with me, right? Uh, so you could ask it to come with you if you want. Okay. So with the hide behind and the aggro pelter right there, I will say we have something a little bit bigger to deal with, so we should probably get back. You want to come with me, or are you good on your own now? I'm going to say that to the uh, hide behind. To Marvin? Yeah, to Marvin. (laughs) 
And they say, I shouldn't be anywhere near that. And they point a long stickly finger at the big thing of fire. Their body is made of wood, so they don't really want to go anywhere over there. Yeah. Do you have any combat abilities, Marvin? I'm just a watcher from the woods. Yep. Okay. You see actually one of their long, long legs is doing that thing where they're taking like a big sidestep to maybe suddenly like behind a tree. (laughs) Yep. All right, Marvin, as long as you promise to come and visit me after this is all done, because I definitely would like to see you again. I'd prefer not. (laughs) Uh, Well, you're my friend now. Okay. To clarify, they meant that they didn't want you to see them again because their whole thing is that they hide and just watch from the distance. Fair. (laughs) I would like to be in the vicinity of you again, Marvin, with you speaking to me eerily through the trees. You're a really fantastic fellow. So you can go ahead off. We'll take care of this. They nod. And the way they move is, again, sort of jittery and like, uh, kind of like stop motion-y is how I imagine it. But like if there were only 10 frames a second, you know, yeah. it's like very like click every time it moves, right? It's like a snap into each position and it's constantly like shifting a little bit. But it just kind of does like a jittering nod and then reaches a hand behind a tree that its foot is stepping behind and says, I'll be watching. All right, see you later. And it condenses its form down or grows to the height of the tree. You're not sure. Uh, They seem to be pretty mutable in the like actual shape that their body can take on. But yeah, they vanish from sight. Uh, So what is your plan? You're now here with Agropelter and Aiden. Plan number one, we got to put out that fire somehow. How are we supposed to do that, guys? (laughs) We're not near a lake. We'll have to smother it or something. I'm going to try to use magic. I don't know that Raven is inside of this flame storm, right? No, you didn't see it happen. You just saw the tornado of fire after it was already happening. Beautiful. I love that. I'm going to try to remove the oxygen. Mmm, okay. From inside of this flame storm. Sure. Because I can, I can control gravity, so why can't I control oxygen? <laughs> Thirteen. Thirteen. Well, from the use magic table, let's find an option that could kind of fit the flavor of what you're trying to do here. Yeah. I feel like the easy one is try to do something beyond human limitations, but... Yeah, I suppose that's what we'll have to go with, because I don't see one that jumps out to me. Okay, yeah, you can flavor this how you want to. Are you going to approach this flame, or are you staying put? I'm going to approach it. Okay, so after the hide behind Marvin dashes off into the woods to just watch from a distance, a safe distance. You start taking big striding steps into the center of the clearing on your satyr stilts. And as you rush towards this big thing of fire, you reach one hand out and you just try to pull the wind and the air away from this fire to snuff it out like a candle. Mm -hmm. This dark bead forms in your palm and wind just starts to be drawn towards it. There's now a massive amount of wind in this clearing as the air starts to be sucked towards Felicity's hand. Aiden is going to throw out her wings 
and fly forward to keep up with you and then surpasses where you're like standing to take up this position to do magic. And she just starts to circle the vortex, trying to get a better view of what's going on and maybe hear someone from that area shouting whatever the plan is. The aggro pelter moves from the tree they were holding onto and starts to circumvent the edge of the clearing to get to a different angle on things and is keeping an eye out for this splinter cat that it's never heard of before. The flames definitely shrink a little bit because its fuel is being taken away very rapidly, but everyone else act under pressure because now there is a windstorm and you could be knocked down. I suppose it's just Whitaker, Hugo, and Lark. Is Raven affected by this? Nope. Okay. So it's just a windstorm and not an absence of oxygen? in the area for now it's a big forest like you couldn't suck all of the air out instantaneously you know okay lark didn't do great but he's also in the fire i'm gonna roll for aiden to see how her flight goes i think it's an eight mixed success she's kind of battling the winds i'm gonna roll in place of hugo since he had to step away oh hugo do we think Hugo is very cool? Because he rolled the six. Oh, Hugo is so cool. I think Hugo's cool. <laughs> I mean, mechanically. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't Hugo have something special when he rolls really high to help out? He has to have, like, decent cool. Yeah, because when he helps out, he does really well. Yeah. He's probably going to have a seven. It's a mix. Yeah, he wouldn't have that buff if he didn't have at least a plus one or two. Hugo, I will say has just cast this new spell and is probably clutching his arm as the new section of tattoo sears itself into his skin. If he tried to stand and deal with that at the same time, the wind would just topple him over. So he's going to stay kneeling in the grass. Whitaker, how'd you do? Whitaker's fine. He got a 10. Perfect. You plant your feet and just do not allow this wind to shake you. You do see Felicity and Aiden rushing back towards the clearing and the trees have stopped falling from the sky. So that's good. (laughs) You're welcome. But yeah, Lark had just run into the fire, seemingly getting instantly coated in freezing ice. That might be a chosen thing. <laughs> might be a chosen thing. Who knows? Jay the dragon is getting to his feet and rearing back once more to face down this danger to the forest. He does not look pleased or excited about what's going down. Believe it or not, I don't think anyone's pleased or excited about what's going down. He shouts down to you. Sir Whitaker! What is the situation? We've got both Eugenias in the fire tornado, and I'm not sure how quick the flames are going to be spreading. Where did this fucking wind come from? One of your group is a powerful sorceress. And you see Felicity standing there with her hands just like holding this growing dark orb that is sucking all the wind into it. Felicity, Raven and Locke are in there. I'm trying to put the fire out! Does it seem to be working? The fire is shrinking. It's not going out. In fact, Raven, <laughs> could you roll Act Under Pressure? You still have a minus one ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a 10 minus one, so it's a nine. The fire is not getting bigger. It's shrinking a little bit. Felicity, could you... I don't know, could you carve, like, a trench or something around the tornado so it doesn't get any bigger? Um, jeez, Whitaker, that's a lot. It's more than pulling the oxygen out of the air? <laughs> I'm just making wind, Whitaker! I'm just making wind! I just need you to break a couple trees in half. Jay calls out, Sorceress, if I provide you with earth, can you use it? Yes! 
I think so. Raises up into the air and immediately plunges down into the ground and just starts digging sod and soil up and creating loose dirt in the area, Felicity. Okay, so I will aim my magic down and try to make a trench around them. Jay is making the trench, but he is giving you loose dirt to maybe try and smother the flames with. Okay. But first, I want Damien to arrive and see what he can add into this chaotic soup. (laughs) (laughs) So Damien, you flying as a little sparrow with Terra on your back, shouting all sorts of encouragement, like, Flap those wings! We gots to get to me boy and help him out! He's in trouble! Terra, unrelated question. Are you able to summon or banish demons? <laughs> she says, what? Demons? Nah, I don't need to deal with those folk. They're dangerous and nasty. Oh yeah, you can't trust them at all. But yeah, don't worry, we'll get there soon. <laughs> sure, and as the day is long and I am we, demons are no good. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know if I see any. And vice versa, you let me know if you see any. I'll keep a sharp eye for you. <laughs> I broke Anders. <laughs> it, the, the voice is so good. I love it. So yeah, you break out of the tree line. You see this fire tornado. You see the splinter cat is like slowly getting to its feet, limping on one side where it's very burned. You see your friends in different forms of distress. Like Aiden is flying around this thing. There's a huge windstorm being drawn towards Felicity. Whitaker seems stressed, to put it mildly. The only person who is in real need of medical attention is Raven, and she is unseen and unknown. So when Damien left, the last big threat was the splinter cat, and everyone else seems to be dealing with powers or controlling powers. So Damien is going to drop Tara off, and he is going to do magic to trap the splinter cat in place flavored as him turning his arm into like a lasso a big green goopy lasso and trying to wrangle out the legs like you would if you were a cowboy going after a pig or similar four-legged creature so you turn into a person you kind of flit out of the forest and then it's a human version of damien with Tara on your shoulder. Who are you dropping her off with? Yeah, it's more of a, hey, it's going to get bumpy. So is there any way I can drop you off the next two seconds? Sure. Um, If she wants to stay on, she's welcome to, but... Yeah, it's a big clearing. I think she says, if you don't mind the rider, I'll keep my height on top of your head and look for Lark. Yeah, let's make sure we do this free ride right in front of Jay. (laughs) Absolutely, we'll stick it to that scaly bastard, you and me. So yeah, uh, let's do some uh, magic to try to trap this splinter cat so it stops hurting people. Absolutely. Uh, Seven and two is nine. Okay, you'll have a glitch. You go to trap the splinter cat with your magic. You lasso its legs. But what is the glitch that happens as you try to bind it? There's no civilians around, so drawing immediate unwelcome attention would probably be okay. If that's the one you want to take. (laughs) No, it's too risky. Problematic side effect (laughs) sounds much safer. Sure, that's fun. You go to trap this thing, 
and your goop arm goes and wraps around the splinter cat. Starts dragging me around. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was thinking like, oh, would she notice then that you're a demon? Um, When you were digging up the bogalogs, you transformed in front of them, right? And that's how they knew? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So like condensing from a big bird to a small bird was probably fine. When you do a big slimy arm that's enveloping a creature Mm -hmm. that's deeply unsettling and would probably trigger some concerned expressions. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with that. As much as I like your like it starts dragging you around, the splinter cat is hurt. So it is not in the mood to fight. It's maybe attempting to flee like it's struggling against the lasso, but it doesn't want to attack you or anything like that. And certainly it would rather get away from here than like run around and drag you through the dirt. So yeah, unfortunately, this is a short-lived friendship. Uh, <laughs> and your goop arm slings out, grabs the splinter cat's arms, and, you know, it lands on the dirt, unable to move as you trap it. But you just hear Terra scream from on top of your head. Holy hell, a demon! And she whips out her little sewing needle spear and starts, like, stabbing you in the head. <laughs> like, liar! Sheet! You tricked me! I'll never fall for your wiles again, you nasty thing! Like, <laughs> just going at you. So it's not a huge mechanical battle problem, but you are no longer in Tara's good graces. That's great. I love it. I love it so much. All right. Let's jump to Raven again. You are still in this white space. You do notice, and you can feel the wind now whipping around you. And the flame on the salamander is struggling to stay as large uh, as it was before. But that's the only change that's happened so far. Is it still looking at me or it like turned away from me while we were talking? It turned away once it was like done telling you like, no, you did a good job. This is what should happen. I think Raven's going to kind of notice the wind pick up and realize like something is changing in the space that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to try and back away from the fire salamander. I think I need to get back to my friends now. I, I think I need to leave this place. I'll let you go and maybe I'll see you again another time. And she's going to keep backing up. Okay. You back up a ways but eventually you hit not a a barrier per se, but just like you're unable to back away from it anymore. And it doesn't say anything. You're just in this space. Eventually, if you don't concentrate on like, I'm going to back away, you start to drift forward again towards the flame. Um, all right. Maybe the salamander doesn't understand what she's saying. Um, This time she's going to ask very politely, I need to get back to my friends. Can you let me go, please? It says, The work is not done, Druid. Fire must burn. The fire can keep burning other places, but it can't keep burning here. I have to go. My friends and family are in danger. I don't know what's happening to them out there, and I need to leave this space. I can keep the fire burning some other way, but not here. Raven! 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 Raven, can you hear me? Just hear a voice calling out to you, muted and whispered, but you can make it out. Someone's calling your name. Uh, she's going to start like looking around frantically, seeing if she sees anything. Hello? I'm, I'm here. I'm stuck in here. I can't get out. The salamander flares again. Doesn't singe you or anything. 
but it just gives this big torrent and it says no you will not snuff me out and the flames on the salamander start to grow and it's no longer the little fire that just encompasses its body it's now this bonfire in this white space that you're in and you start to feel the heat on yourself in the space lark inside the torn to flame with hugo's ice armor he will get four armor as he plunges through the fire and will negate the blast attack so he stands there now in this sort of eye of the storm of flames with the forest sword at his side at the ready and he sees raven head thrown back arms at her sides as if someone was holding you from your shirt uh, at your collar and just like letting you dangle and drape there. Still a form of fire, still with one arm glowing white hot with the salamander tattoo on it. Uh, and he shields his eyes from the bright light that that causes and is starting to call out to you. Raven! Raven, it's Lark! Raven! <sighs> the noise of the fire and the ripping explosions of the air in the area are drowning out a lot of his voice. Lark is going to enchant his weapon. That's a 10. With his zero weird, that's enough to not get a glitch. So he gets up to where Raven is and has to stop because while there are no active flames immediately coming off your body, aside from the ones that are wreathing your actual form, Raven, the heat has created this shield of just intense heat radiation that he can't penetrate because the ice armor has been beginning to melt. And as he like puts a hand in, it just melts off that hand as the rest of it is like slowly slicking and drenching his clothes. So he takes the wetness on his hand and runs it along the length of his blade and the ice refreezes on it as he enchants his forest blade to now have some of that cold energy from Hugo, borrowing and transferring the magic onto his weapon. And he raises it over his head and he says, I'm going to get you out of there and brings it down on this heat barrier uh, and just starts hacking and slamming away at it with the wooden sword. To catch you up quickly a day, your tattoo expanded past the elbow now to cover part of your bicep and ice crystals formed over it. And you just sort of gripped that and sat in the grass as the wind threatened to knock you over. Jay was digging up earth so that Felicity could maybe fling it at the flames and try to smother them. Uh, and Damien's here and he's uh, restraining the splinter cat while a small folk pummels his head after she realized that he's a demon. So as... Tara is stabbing Damien with her needle. She's stabbing and getting really into it. And out of the corner of her eye, she sees there's another bigger needle right by. So she's like, oh, this is great. She grabs it without thinking, starts stabbing Damien, and then realizes that she got it from Damien. So she throws it aside and keeps going back with her original one. <laughs> Just a needle appears in your hair. And she's like, oh, thanks. Wait. Ah! <laughs> Inside. Stop helping me, you disgusting thing! So it's kicking you. <laughs> You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Keep it up. You've been in league with the beast this whole time. Where's Lark? What have you done with him? <laughs> um, but yeah, you've you've unlocked ice 
and frost and cold as a um, magic that you can tap into. And I figured out exactly how that actually works, scientifically at least. So when you mess with magnetic fields enough, you can actually cause molecules of water to freeze. Okay. Fancy. Nice. All right, I'm making the call. If you are not actively putting out the fire, you need to leave immediately. Uh, This splinter cat's pretty heavy. I don't think I'll be able to take this thing with me. Damien, you might have to leave the splinter cat for now. That's just, it's not priority number one. For all I know, we've got two dead on our hand right now. Where's Raven? She's in the tornado. Shit! What? Where's her brother? He's in there too. He went in after her. I couldn't stop him. She and Locke are both in there. Am I killing Raven? Felicity, baby, stop! Okay! I stop. (laughs) Oh my god. I thought Felicity had switched tactics and was like taking all the dirt that Jay was tossing up. Oh, that's right. I was. You could switch to that tactic if you want. Yeah, I'll switch to that. Yeah. Damien, could you read a bad situation really quickly for me? I do like whenever you give me roll a bad situation and it's less than a six. (laughs) And it's like, cool, completely unaware. Yeah, amazing. (laughs) So what happens is, uh, Damien, you're like arguing with Whitaker over the noise of all this going on. Again, it's not causing you harm, but you're still getting like poked in the head by this needle. And as you're arguing with Whitaker and he's like, suddenly you have a moment where you're like, oh, wait. Where'd she go? Because you don't feel yourself getting stabbed in the head anymore. And Damien, you have like enough time just to see a log coming for your face. And you are sent flying as a splatter of goo <laughs> as the agripelter hits you with a tree barrage attack. Your tether to the splinter cat just snaps. <laughs> and as you're flying, you just hear, Get away from that furry critter there! <laughs> Actually, no, that's Gary's voice. Hang on. Uh... <laughs> Get away from that critter, you dang demon! Smack. <laughs> I was really excited. I thought Gary had come to help out for a yeah, second. Yeah, no, sorry. I'm mixing up my, my rural uh, cryptid voices. Bless, um, thank you. Uh, how much harm is that? That's three. You can reduce it however you are able to. But yes, you are batted away from the splinter cat, which the agripelter... Uh, who is like hanging from a tree, but like at a, an angle. So his arm is creating the hypotenuse of the triangle and another arm reaches over to the splinter cat. The agripelter is big-ish and kind of grabs the splinter cat by the scruff and drags it over to him. And you just hear him say, Yo, you're the one that's been causing all the trouble in this forest, eh? Well, what's wrong with you? And he's like, tap, 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 tapping it with like a knuckle, like flicking its like bony head. And it's just kind of like, and he's like, oh yeah, you don't like that none, do you? Well, I don't appreciate you tearing up me home all the time. (laughs) He's just like berating this cat now. (laughs) This would be so funny if Raven wasn't dying. It'd be great. Yeah, right. We got to keep it, keep it light while the danger is happening. Otherwise, it's uh, not fun. Speaking of which, I have a quick question. I feel like I know the answer, but I just, yeah. I'm like pouring through my sheet to find literally anything that can help me. Absolutely. You are still in the game, Raven. What do you want to do? So I have a thing called cryptid sighting. Uh, whenever you first see a new type of creature, you may immediately ask one of the investigative mystery questions. Is this fire salamander acting in a way that I think is a new type of creature, or is it just still one of the 
spirits. You've never pulled this card. It's absolutely new. Okay. Every card you've pulled is a different type of spirit. So they're Yeah. You could technically use that anytime you use your tarot magic to understand the spirit you've pulled a little better. Okay. I wasn't sure if they like all fit under the umbrella of just like spirits or I was trying to parse out like did something happen to the has this one like corrupted in some way and now it's different? Right. Spirits in the world of this game is like it's like saying animal. Okay. In general, there are spirits and they come in a multitude of basically endless varieties. So every single one is different. I suppose squatches is sort of a like genus. So you could say like, oh, are they a squatch? Well, I know what squatches are about. Or like, are they a kitsune? I know what those are about. Yeah. I had never considered using that ability on any of my spirits because I've never needed to. They're always pretty self-explanatory in what they can do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would... If I can, I'd like to I'd like to ask a question about it because I'm very confused. This has never happened before. It has not. Can I ask what is being concealed here? Sure. Sort of like what's going on? Because she's never been stuck in this space before. She's it's always kind of been a mutual like they they meet there. She talks to the spirit. She goes back. She doesn't understand why she can't leave. Yeah. And is getting more and more scared. Mm hmm. This card all the cards in your tarot deck have these illustrations of the animals or the spirits that are embodied within them when you summon them but they also all still have like names written at the bottom and text and you are thinking back and trying to be like what's different about this one what's different about this one and you remember seeing at the bottom it didn't say a word like valor which was the lion spirit you pulled or disappointment which was the frog spirit you pulled this one had said root powers of fire and the only other root card you've ever pulled was the storm spirit. And at that time, there was another storm spirit already there. And at that point, you hadn't really learned how to merge and combine yourself with the powers of the things you were summoning. So it was literally just like, come out and help me. But with this card, you activated it and it came up to you in that little space where it was like, may I? And you were like, yeah. And you gave it your hand and it leapt in. The root cards of your deck are the primal energy of whatever element they are and so they are a lot harder to control and last session you rolled a nine which was essentially like rolling a mixed success on use magic so the glitch was that you were going to have to keep rolling act under pressure to try and keep it under control and you got two fails and a seven so <laughs> um so that's what happened this literal uh the embodiment of fire is the power you tried to grasp and harness, and it's just too much for you. You don't ever really practice with your cards. You don't ever talk to the spirits once you summon them. This is sort of a kickback for the fact that Raven doesn't practice with magic. She's always just, let's do it in like emergency situations. Minus like the one time where you were sort of dragged into the Whispered's fight club, which was also kind of an emergency situation. <laughs> So that's what's going on. You're going to have to try and get control back or get some help from someone, maybe the person calling your name out there to wrestle control of your body back from this root power. Okay. I think I have an idea. Where are you at right now for harm? I believe five. Yes, I'm at five. Take another one. I had a feeling it's been a while and I'm still unstable. And the fire in this space now, in this spirit realm, is starting to burn you. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. We will jump back outside the flames. 
Whitaker, you saw the aggro pelter smash Damien into a pile of goo, but he now is gripping the splinter cat. So you think that threat might be kind of under control for the moment. Hugo, you haven't done much because you had to step away, but you can get up now as you like shake off the initial like tattoo burning itself into me. So if you'd like to do something or do a team up with any of your friends who are still around, you can. We're doing the dumb and we're going to start going towards the fire while throwing blasts of ice at it to try to walk through it. Hopefully. We'll see. Sure. Go ahead and roll a kick some ass. Do 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 do. How bad could this go? Oh, probably bad. Yep. That is indeed a probably bad. That's a six. Do you lose control of combat magic when that happens? What does the ice tag say? Uh, let's check. Are we close enough to help? You're not. <laughs> Felicity? Felicity might be able to. I could help. Yeah, I'll help. You're magic enough to help. Or we can help him level up yeah, faster. Fine. That's fine, too. Yeah, I was going to say, it's okay for Hugo to fail in this moment. When you roll to kick some ass and you fail, which is what combat magic is, you get your butt kicked instead. So Hugo, you might just be coming at this fire, like charging up ice to blast at it and try and cool it down. And the fire, this salamander shape of flame erupts from the tornado and goes to like chomp at you. So you'll take four from the fire. Ouch. You can reduce that in whatever ways you've got. So the funny thing is, I have no way to reduce that. Okay. Does someone want to protect Hugo and split that damage up? Well, I think instead I'm just going to spend a luck point. Uh, You can do that, yeah, to reduce uh, damage anytime it's a lot. Can I do it to succeed instead? Uh, Sure. So, well, you'd still take four harm, but we can have someone, I think, come in and protect you. So go ahead and how much damage does your ice blast do? I think blast is a base two harm. Yeah, so this would be three harm restraining. Restraining. Very nice. Okay. In my head, he was more making like walls of ice and just pushing them forward, but... I like that. So you make this ice, and in a strange way, your magic sort of just gets in the way of the path and the current of this vortex of fire. The flames beat into the ice, which you've created as sort of this like jagged barrier wall just in the midst of the tornado and it actually spills over but creates this opening and so now everyone who is on outside can see lark in the center of the vortex swinging away and every once in a while taking some of the ice and sliding his hand down across it to transfer it to the blade and removing it from him so he's using up the ice armor you gave him hugo and constantly re-upping the enchantment on the sword as the heat burns the ice away. But there is an entrance into the center of this vortex if anyone wants to risk rushing in to help Lark. I would like to go into the vortex. Well, Felicity, you had said you would help Jay with the dirt. Are you going to do that, or are you going to abandon that plan? Uh, Once the vortex opens, and once Felicity learns that Raven is in there, she is going to run into the vortex. Okay. So Felicity, you start running towards this thing. You've still got your bark armor. And before you take off and like start running towards the vortex, you feel a little tap at your foot. Mm hmm. I'll look at it. Windy is there tugging on your on your leg to be like, I'm going to join you. They scamper and kind of climb onto your shoulder, pull out three quills and just draw their bow and have it ready. All right, and I'll look back at them, ready to go. 
And they nod. And we'll go in. Act under pressure to get through this thing before Hugo's ice melts. That's a nine. Okay. If you continue forward, Mm -hmm. you will absolutely be abandoning the plan to try and smother the fire with the earth. Yep. It's also likely, given that you have no ice armor on, that the heat will burn away this armor that you're wearing. Okay. If you wanted to, you could, at the last second, change your mind and toss Windy in just by themselves and then back out and try to do the earth thing with Jay still. So that's your options. You either commit fully and you run in or you say, I hope Wendy can help and I'm going to actually work with this big dragon outside. Um, I'm going to run in. You run in. You make it through the opening that Hugo's ice is making just as it crack, 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 shatters and the fire again fills in that gap. But you have made it inside. You immediately feel the heat in here and it starts to yep. burn away the armor that you are wearing. Yep, that's fine. Windy is looking all around. It sees Raven, but it's like trying to find something to shoot at besides her because it doesn't want to shoot at her. Lark takes a, a break. The ice armor that he had is basically just down now to his legs. Everything on top of him is gone and you can see his park ranger outfit is starting to dry and even scorch and singe in places as he's been just going to town on the barrier with his sword. He turns back to you. What are you doing? I'm saving my best friend. All right, well, I hope you have ideas. Nothing I'm doing is working. He moves more ice onto the blade and keeps hammering at this barrier, trying to get in through it. Raven, why'd you have to be the big bad in this one? Come on. <laughs> Someone has to be Phoenix. Right? Raven, you said you wanted to do something? Yes. I think we can jump to that scene now. So after realizing how badly she fucked up jumping into this <laughs> without <laughs> understanding fully the consequences of how strong the spirit is, she realizes that she has to fight fire with fire and she is going to move closer to the salamander. Not close enough that it'll shock her again, but she's going to tilt her chin down and stare directly at it, ball up her fists and try to be intimidating. And she's going to say in a very low pointed voice, you are going to let me out of here and I am going to get my brother and I out of this fire and she's going to try to manipulate it. Go ahead and roll charm. You still have a minus one because of- I roll sharp when I manipulate. Ah, very nice. Oh, Jesus. That's a nine. A nine. Can I help? Uh, you don't know this is happening. All right. Raven also doesn't know that you are there. She is only aware that Lark is out there because she heard him yelling. Yeah, the conversation that like they just had together is it's like drowned out. It's again, the fire in this space is a lot bigger than it was before when you were hearing his voice the first time. So manipulate someone is for a normal person and then for another hunter, neither of which these things is the salamander. But on a nine, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. If you ask too much, they'll tell you what, if anything, it would take for them to do it. So does Raven still have fire powers in this space. You're just yourself. However, the salamander turns and says, there are forces 
fighting the fire outside of this space. They are stopping it from spreading. If they don't stop it, you're going to burn this entire forest down. I called you here to help me. They eye you up and down. You are young and inexperienced. If you were not ready for the fire to burn, then you should not have called on me. I will spare your friends, but they must allow me to fulfill my purpose. No, you are not going to burn this forest down. That goes against everything that I am here for. I called you here to help me, and I know that I bit off way more than I can chew. I know that I am young and I am inexperienced, and I, quite frankly, do not practice this enough, but I don't take this summoning stuff as a joke. I don't take it lightly. I only summon you to help me when I really need it, and I needed your help. And for you to turn around and hurt me even more and to hurt my friends? How dare you? You need to let me go. We will burn brightly and then go out. Does Raven take any more harm from that? <laughs> Just uh, wondering. Yeah, yeah, you probably take one more. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. Yep. Raven's down for the count. You're at seven, right? Yep. Felicity, you and Lark are there, and inside the barrier of heat that is being created, mm -hmm. Raven's body stops being human torch levels of on fire, where it's sort of wreathing her body. Those flames flicker down and go out, but her skin begins to turn black like charcoal. And cracks of red and coal and ember form on her skin. I will say that everyone outside, the fire, uh, it is spreading. And at this point, it's starting to just shoot blasts, like the fire forearm blast, out in random directions. And parts of the forest are now just getting <laughs> lit aflame and ablaze. Okay, everyone else see with that. I was going to start taking down trees, but... Whitaker's calling it in. You're, who are you calling, Whitaker? On the radio, uh, switching it to the channel that has Morton on it. Mm -hmm. This is no longer a contained fire. Excuse me, Morton. We've got um, we've got a bit of a sprung up fire situation in whatever part of the forest we're in. Multiple multiple blazes. Not sure how they came up. It's spreading quick, and we'll need we'll need some sort of firefighting out here as soon as possible. Yeah, we'll get right on that. We've been seeing some smoke. We got a little worried, but thanks for the confirmation. I'll uh, get some teams out there as soon as I can. Hugo, anything you want to do? We are taking down trees. Do you want to do that with an aggro pelter around? <laughs> we are not taking down trees. <laughs> yeah. Can you, instead of lightning blasting thrown trees, can you ice blast thrown fireballs? We are counterspelling the fireballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. So I, uh, I I guess just roll use magic and we'll we'll say straight up just use magic roll. Okay. Do 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 do. Twelve. You are mitigating the damage, Hugo. Every time a blast of fire hits a section of trees and it alights, you throw your newly acquired ice magic in that direction to 
either cool down the surrounding trees and let that area just burn. In other cases, you're able to completely extinguish that space, but it's taking a lot out of you. This roll, this 12 is not like a, uh, this is not saying like this is a single action you're taking. You are now just frozoning it all over this clearing, trying to prevent the spread from getting too disastrous. Damien, you reform. As much as a tree hitting a normal person would hurt a lot, it doesn't hurt you that much. Do you want to attempt anything before we move on? Uh, Damon's just sort of been preparing a marshmallow and a Hershey bar, and he just sort of looks to Whitaker for <laughs> guidance because right now that's his plan. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Damien. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I have enough to share. <laughs> and so love you. Oh my find God. Aiden. Find Aiden and have her get everyone out of here. I'm on it. <clears throat> Aiden has, like, been flying around the tornado trying to find a way in, honestly. That's what she's been up to. Oh, that's right. Jay, I think, now that Felicity's gone, has just been using his big dragon claws and snout to kick dirt into the fire to try and smother some of it, but it's not doing a lot. So he might actually turn and team up with Hugo to start putting out fires and just smash smothering things with his tail. Yeah, I think he just calls to Lark. Lark, you genia! You are the chosen protector of this forest! Fulfill your destiny! And yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll give Aiden something to do in this entire fight. She has been flying around the fire trying to find a gap or an opening. She can't create one like Hugo can, and she was too far away to swoop in with Felicity. She can't teleport directly in. She knows two people in there. She does know two people in there, that's true. Ooh, Whitaker, you just gave me a better idea than what I had originally. So thanks. <laughs> the Whitaker does say, Aiden, don't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> she hears the dragon shouting to Lark and just says, screw it, vanishes in a golden flash and appears within the heat barrier. Her wings, which are in there, start to sizzle and burn and she shrieks and just golden hands tries to force you out of the barrier raven i'm gonna let her roll act under pressure that is a six so she teleported to raven but the intensity of this primal fire is just so much that again she just starts to singe and burn goes to push you and gets to the edge of the barrier before she just like sinks to her knees on the ground and yells at Felicity get her out what do you do Felicity can she reach Raven you could but it's gonna hurt a lot that's fine what do you do Felicity's is going to put her hands out onto Raven and even amidst this fiery wall you can see the golden glow admit from around Felicity and at the time she doesn't even notice it she doesn't really know what she's doing she's simply acting off of instinct to save her friend um, she runs up and bearing the pain and she's going to use the divine ability lay on hands Okay, go ahead and roll plus cool. That is a double six. So that's a 12. Oh my God. <laughs> so this golden glow emits from Felicity. She heals two harm from Raven. Plus she is stabilized. 
Okay. So Felicity, you rush up, you put these golden glowing hands on Raven and start to pull her from the barrier of heat as Aiden is also pushing with her golden hands from the other side. Lark, with the last bit of ice on his sword, takes one final swing, putting his entire chosen one strength into it. Come on! And carves through this barrier. And Windy, on Felicity's shoulder, who has the three quills drawn back, lets them fly. And Felicity, back when you were trying to steal the air from this thing, it wasn't working because you were literally outside. There was never going to be a point where the air was, like, taken away. But Windy is a wind spirit. And every time they have fired their quills, they have created this huge amount of force, right? And sort of a vacuum behind them. Uh Uh-huh. So when it fires three quills past Raven's form, the vacuum that they leave behind. Raven, you are in the spirit area, that white emptiness with the salamander. And they have grown. They're not a tiny salamander anymore. They're like a big, fiery creature towering in front of you like, We will burn until... And it's like they're blown out like a candle. Does Raven see the quill arrows? That's beautiful. Yeah, you see three quills in the ground. Your vision goes black. Fire around Raven because it's just this vortex and is not really burning anything fuel-wise. It's just sort of magically sustained. Begins to break apart and the flames die down. The heat shield that's singeing Aiden's wings and you, all the skin up to your forearms is like red, like you stuck it in boiling water. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Lark's jacket is on fire. He's like patting it out a little bit uh, just to keep it from actively searing him. Raven's form drops. You guys all simultaneously catch her. I'm still trying to heal her. I'm still actively like, come, come back. Come back alive. I need you here. Come on. Let's see if you and Aiden can roll that healing together and get rid of these charred portions of Raven's form. Because Raven's technically alive again, right? Yeah, you're at five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got a nine. Aiden got an eight. So the two of you on a seven to nine, you heal the harm or illnesses on a 10, but take it into yourself. That's fine. I'll take it. I'll take all of it. I'm at one. I'll take whatever. (laughs) I just want Raven back. That's it. Is Raven conscious yet? I know she blacked out. Okay. You are absolutely out of it, Raven. Yeah, you're stable, but you're not conscious. Aiden is going to take two more. Puts her at three. Felicity, do you want to take two more? I'll take whatever you throw at me. Doesn't matter. I'll take it. Go ahead and take the standard two. Okay. I'm at three. Someone's stable. But Aiden's alive. If you're at three, you are just before unstable. Okay. And actually, it works out that both you and Aiden wind up at the same, like, threshold of burnt. How much does Raven heal from that? Four. Okay. Where are you? Uh, I'm at one. All of the char and bits of Raven's skin that had started to turn into, like, cracked wood with the embers glowing beneath fades and is replaced with just normal skin. Raven, there is, just for your future reference and everyone else who's there looking at her, the tail of the salamander that had formed that magical tattoo on your arm is still there on the back of your hand, and it looks like a little flame. 
Can I use magic? It's like not glowing or magical or anything like that. It's like literally seared in like a tattoo or a scar mark on the back of her hand. Okay. And Felicity, you have one on the palm of your left hand and Aiden has one on the palm of her right hand. I have a tattoo. You have the same like burn mark of the salamander. And where is Raven's? Yours is on the back of your right hand. Okay. Is Raven conscious yet? <laughs> She's only at one harm. No, I think you're, I think that ordeal, like you are now safe and stable, but you are not waking up anytime soon. Windy leaps off Felicity's shoulder and just like rests their head like on your shoulder from above you because you're lying in the grass now. All the fire went out as the vortex ended and the fires in the immediate area, Jay is able to rush around and smash and like with Hugo's help, they're able to put out the damage. And so Whitaker, if you want to call to Morton, like false alarm or whatever, you know, like the fire looks like it can be contained now that is not actively going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll do that. Uh, walkie talkie blip. Hey, Morton. Now, this is going to sound weird, but um, uh, I think we're good. The wind changed direction and everything's dying out now. I'll keep you updated, but I think the fire's going out. Walkie talkie blip. Oh, yeah. Over. <laughs> right well we've got a chopper coming in so if we see any residual stuff we'll do a drop at least try and put some moisture in the area is is there like looking around is there any like overtly supernatural shit that would look weird from an aerial perspective uh let's see a dragon a splinter cat <laughs> an agrofelter <laughs> <laughs> oh my god are they gonna drown us oh lord Chopper's not necessary. It's it's really not necessary, though. I appreciate it. I think it'd just be a waste of resources at this point. Uh, roll the manipulate someone. <laughs> <laughs> you could also just tell the agripelter, like, leave, well, that, 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 that's, that's the next <laughs> bit. He, he puts the walkie-talkie down and he's like, all right, I need everyone to clear out immediately. <laughs> Jay, round them up. We, we've got incoming. <laughs> all right, let me just... Jay nods at you, Whitaker, and swoops down and makes sort of a very protective circling around the group gathered around Raven. And his dragon head leans in close and says, The humans will be coming. We should leave this area before any of us are spotted. And Lark is just sitting, grabbing Raven's hand and like holding it close to his chest. And he just silently nods. Yeah, we should uh, we should do the thing, right? Jay nods glows gold and he becomes his human form. Lark lets go of Raven's hand and just like sets it down over her chest and he gives a look to Felicity and Aiden and he says, you guys have got her? Um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. We've got her. Okay, be right back. Lark gets up and walks over and he holds the hand out to Jay and Jay quickly claps his hand into uh, Lark's and the two of them pull each other close and rest their heads together and they both start to glow with that same golden energy Jay uses when he transforms and little motes of green start to rise up from the ground and swirl around the two of them and then drift up into the air Hugo for the first time in a while you hear <laughs> without having caused it yourself and dark clouds start to gather and it just starts raining. And anywhere the rain starts to fall, the grass starts blooming. 
and all the wreckage and destruction and burnt and scorched earth begins to be healed thanks to the guardian and protector of this forest. You see the aggro pelter, those of you who are conscious and like want to pay attention to this, has the splinter cat still by the scruff of the neck and is lumbering away through the tree line, just carrying it away. Raven, you feel water hitting your face. Raven's gonna shoot up into a sitting position, just gasping. Hey! Uh, she's gonna like reach out and grab whoever is closest to her. Just like grab their arms like any... She needs to grab onto somebody. Probably like Felicity and Aiden if they're still right there. Yeah, they're both right there. She's just like clutching onto their arms and just like, <gasps> what happened? Hey! You're good. You're okay. You're all right. How's it going? She's going to start like feeling herself to see what the damage is and realize that she's not hurt anymore. I'll grab on to Raven's hand. Don't worry. You're okay. You're okay. Raven, you can see that Felicity and Aiden both have like scorch marks and, you know, their clothes are a little singed and, and whatnot. I was about to ask if Raven would notice that. I feel like if they're both at three, it's fairly obvious they both have like burn marks. Yeah, but they are just, I mean, Aiden is smiling, absolutely looks relieved. Yeah, Felicity as well. They're just happy you're okay. She's got one wing like held up above you all to like start keeping you from getting just absolutely soaked in the rain. Aren't her wings singed? Yeah, the like edges of her wings, all the feathers on them are like blackened and kind of charred. Uh, Raven's going to grab both of their arms and like pull them and kind of look at both of them and try and see where they're burned and be like, did you? Raven? This is because of me, isn't it? No. Shh. Raven, this is not your fault. All right. It's magic. It's unpredictable. It does that. This is not your fault. All that matters to me and to Aiden is that you're okay. That's it. Nothing else. Can Raven roll to use magic and try to heal both of them? I don't know if it's gonna work, but she feels really bad. <laughs> Raven's just crying. Like, she doesn't even care that everyone can see. She's just, yeah, like, yeah. openly crying and holding both of them. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to look around to see if she can spot everyone else or just like, oh, Hugo's over there, like Whitaker's over there. Like, okay, I don't know where Damien is, but that's pretty normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, she's going to... Go ahead and roll magic uh, with an extra two bonus. Oh. That's a 13. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I have a plus two weird with a plus two bonus, and I rolled fairly decently. Does that mean she could heal both of them, even if it's just by a tiny bit? Mm -hmm. She's like just clutching their arms and just crying and be like, I'm so sorry. I, this is all my fault. I'm I'm so sorry. The silver magic comes out of her hands and she's just like, she has to do something. She feels absolutely horrible right now. Yeah. And she's going to try and heal both of her friends because she knows. She knows them and she knows that they did that <laughs> saving her. Mm-hmm. She's going to get all the details later, but right now it doesn't matter. So as the rain's falling, forest is being regrown thanks to your brother and his partner, Jay. You just, you know. She's going to pull them both in for a hug. Yeah. She's just going to pull both of them in, like one head on each side of her head and just hold them and just be like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Aiden, eventually she lets her wings, you know, sort of fade away. 
and retreat back into her. And she and Felicity are just holding you. Felicity. Yeah. Aiden reaches out and takes your hand with the one that Raven is not holding on to. Looks up and just mouths. Good job. Thanks, I think. <laughs> you both feel a little bit better as some of Raven's magic heals the wounds that the fire did to you. Very cool. So as things are dying down, Hugo is going to walk over to Raven, Felicity, and Aiden. He's going to let out a sigh and a little bit of frost slash fog is going to come out of his mouth. And he's going to say pointedly to Raven, we need to work on your footwork again. I'm just saying. Raven's <laughs> going to reach up and hold her hand out in like a, like a come here. Even if Hugo doesn't want to join the hug, she at least wants to hold his hand and like pull him into the group a little bit. It's like, I know. She's still kind of crying a little bit. Hey, Natalie, can I ask for a roll? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Raven, can you manipulate someone? Do you want me to try and convince Hugo to join? <laughs> you have to earn the Hugo hug. That's fair. We're going to find out. She might be too much of a, a like snotty, slobbery mess for him to want to even hold her hand. That's a seven. Aiden got a ten. She's going to help you out. You want to help out, Felicity? I was going to say, give him a good reason to. But I will <laughs> help out, actually. Yeah, go ahead and roll. Do we think it's more or less convincing for all of us to reach our arms out for a hug? I'm not going to hug you. Don't worry. That's why Raven thought just just a hand. Just come, come be near the circle of feelings and just hold my hand. I got an eight. Okay. I'm going to turn to Hugo and like mouth. She almost died. Raven's just going to do the like, come here, like the, the hand motion, like waving him over. Hugo, you feel something brushing against and pushing you forward as Aiden's wing is trying to, like, scoop you into the hug a little bit. <laughs> Can Wendy help, too? Sure. Because that's what I thought it was initially. Wendy's just, like, pushing Hugo's ankle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hugo, hug her. He's got a mutter under his breath. Probably gonna forget this anyway. And he's gonna hug him. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! No! A day, how dare you? No! How dare you? Oh, rude. That's rude. That's mean. That's inhumane. Jesus I hate it. Jesus Christ. Now you have to hug us. This is homophobia. <laughs> this is homophobia. Am I being discriminated against? No, it's, it's homophobic. I can't believe you do that during Pride Month. No, no, no. no it's, how this dare? Is how dare? I'm well, kidding, no, no, it, I'm kidding. It, it, it's homophobia. It's a fear of home. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I'm leaving the Zoom call. I'm gonna fucking cry. I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> wow. Raven deserves this hug. Raven died. What can I say except you're welcome? Hugo kneels and you all give Raven a hug. After her traumatic, magical experience. Raven will do grabby hands to Whitaker, too. He doesn't have to hug, but just just come hold her hand, please. Whitaker is, I think, watching two gays rebuild a forest and living for that. <laughs> just one single tear comes down from Whitaker's eye. Like, this is beautiful. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Whitaker can't actually look you in the eye, Raven. Oh. So he won't come over to the feeling circle? No. 
no, he won't come over. All right. She'll just kind of shrug and go back to hugging everybody else. She doesn't know that Whitaker almost told her brother to flee the scene and almost told everyone else to flee the scene as well. So we zoom out on that scene as saplings begin growing from the ground and replacing some of the trees that were scorched. And we cut to later, maybe the next day, your group is done here. You have solved the conflict between the aggro pelter and the hide behind. Raven, you were rushed back to the visitor center for immediate rest and recuperation just to like get you out of that environment earlier in the day, right? After after all that was taken care of, like Lark obviously came over and gave you a huge hug and was like, I'm so glad you're safe. Don't ever do that again, okay? She's just gonna hug him and apologize and then be like, Mom and Dad never need to know anything about this entire thing, right? Never. Absolutely okay. not. Just no. Checking. Oh my gosh, there's so many things I don't tell them. Can they know that like we swung through and I saw you and we had a lovely weekend hanging out or should we just not even? That sounds perfect, honestly. Okay, cool. I do need to call them soon. I'm sure they're getting worried. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, thank you, Raven. Jay and I, we were not even close, it turns out, to solving the whole problem. And your team showing up really made a difference. I guess the aggro pelter is training the splinter cat now. Jay like swung by and asked him and he said now he doesn't have to go hunting for raccoons. So I guess it worked out. They're going to keep it as a pet or something. Wow, that's unexpected, but... These things kind of work themselves out, I guess, once you get them pointed in the right direction, you know? Yeah. I just, I wanted to say thank you for, you know, running into a giant tornado of fire to come save your little sister. I, I heard you yelling for me. I didn't really know what was happening out there, but once you got close, I, I heard you yelling my name, and it was part of the reason I was able to get out. So thank you. And she's just going to squeeze him real tight. He just gives you another big hug. And the Eugenia siblings have a moment. Uh, and it's beautiful. Jay is sort of standing off to the side. Who wants to be chatting with him? Maybe anybody from the group. Aside from Damien. <laughs> It's me. It is I, Felicity. I'm chatting with Jay. Wonderful. So, like, can you see the other spirits? He looks at you, and Felicity, while you have Ghosty and Tom on your shoulders, Wendy has been hanging out with you while Raven's been, like, resting. It's trying not to, like, crowd her or anything. Yeah. And while it had been hiding from Jay before, it's now like so focused on being there for Raven if she needs it, that it's not being scared or whatever. And he says, yes, I can see all creatures of the woods, including your friends and uh, this one here. And he looks down at Wendy and Wendy realizes for the first time, like, oh, shit, and like looks up at Jay and like its ears go back. I'll pat Wendy. I'll be like, buddy, it's OK. Jay just holds a hand out. It's all right. You are a fine champion, little one. And Wendy's ears spring back up like, what? And Jay says, be sure to look out for Miss Raven. 
Lark would be devastated if she were gone too soon. Yes, I agree. So I have this girlfriend. Yes, we met. What do you think about her? Uh, she seems like a pretty standard fawn. In what way? What are okay? So I've never met any other fawns before in my life. What is that like? What is a f- standard fawn like? I'm just trying to understand. Well, the fawn are a group of the folk who are very interested in pleasure and enjoyment and making others happy. So do you think she really loves me? I have no idea. I spoke to her for not more than 10 seconds. Yeah, all right. I should have figured that, but... (sighs) One more question for you before I go. Do you have any idea what the fuck I am? Is that a threat? (laughs) (laughs) He furrows his eyebrows and he says, You are a human girl? I mean, okay, so that's the pretty standard answer that I've gotten thus far. But I'm not, because I can do magic, right? Humans can do magic. Lark does magic all the time. We did magic earlier, you saw us. Our love rekindled the forest. (laughs) See, I understand that. But, like, those people are, like, more than human a little bit, right? Mm, No, just humans. You're insufferable. I... (laughs) Have been told many times by my lover, Lark. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Jay, I've made friends of spirits in the forest before. I thought we could be friends. Um, I'm thinking now, maybe not. That's up and to I, you. And he turns I, and walks away. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. I think I'm going to go. But I think you're going already. So that doesn't really matter. (laughs) He gives you like a little wave as he's walking back over towards Lark. Okay, cool. I hate this guy. I'm going to turn to literally nobody behind me and like act like I'm looking towards the camera. I'll be like, I hate this guy. (laughs) Wow. I've met finally one spirit person that I don't like. <laughs> and it's the fucking dragon. Who would have ever thought? I mean, he he's a lot. I don't know if he's hate worthy, but he is a lot. No, I hate this guy. <laughs> That's f- perfectly fine. That's up to you. Fuck this guy. <laughs> That's so funny. No, aside... I'm in a D&D game where recently the DM made this like very interesting, very cool conceptually dragon character. And my player character was also like, yo, fuck this dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Different reasons, but it's just a funny coincidence. I just want to be buds with him and he's not about it. Listen, you were asking him questions. He was giving you very straight, direct answers. Like, that's fine if that rubbed Felicity the wrong way, but that's just how Jay is. He doesn't. He doesn't conversate the way humans do, so. (laughs) That's so rub Felicity the wrong way. Well, oh well. We could say Damien is like right there and you like look over to him and be like, I fucking hate this guy. Damien's just like, yeah. I'll be like, yeah, I tag you in. Yeah, there's like a, this sparrow was (laughs) just like hanging out next to them, listening. And as soon as he leaves, he's like, 
That fucking guy. You're you're absolutely <laughs> right, Felicity. Thank you. I was trying to put what word he was and insufferable. Insufferable is what it was. Thank you. Emery is losing it. <laughs> Are we playing the same game right now? What the fuck? Damien. Yeah. I didn't think that I would hate him as much as I do. Yeah. I mean, I knew right right off the bat that I would, but usually you're pretty friends with everybody. So this is weird. <laughs> All right. I, we can have the hate on Jay session after I'm reading up chat. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on it because we are trying to end the session. But yeah, uh, Jay joins you, Raven and Lark, at some point. And he confirms everything that Lark said about the agropelter. It seems that once the agropelter realized it was just some cat causing problems in his backyard, quote unquote, that he's just going to like train it to not mess up the forest and like maybe hunt things with it in the future uh, and only knock down certain trees that are like due for that sort of thing. Um, Do you have anything you want to talk to Jay about? Listen, I had a thing to ask him, but I think we've kind of ruined all diplomatic negotiations from here on out. Jay didn't hear any of the bitching session between Felicity and Davian. If you want to talk to him too, Whitaker, you can. Felicity did straight up call him insufferable to his face. Well, Jay is used to that. Lark apparently does call him that and it doesn't seem to bother him. Raven just wants to thank him. We don't even have to roleplay it, but she will mm-hmm. just take a moment to say thank you and kind of do like a little head bow, you know, in showing him a little respect because he is the judge of the whole forest. Just mm-hmm. generally very poised, like, thank you so much for your help. Thank you for clearly being wonderful to my brother. Maybe I'll see you at future family events. If you choose, you're always welcome if I'm around. Thank you. He says, you are most welcome, Raven Eugenia sibling to my beloved Lark, who is the finest human being that I have ever met. He is also an exemplary sexual partner. Okay. I'm sorry, is that not, do we not talk about that? And Lark is just like not, beat red. Just like. Not to family, <laughs> but I'm glad you two are happy. Lark is absolutely speechless. He's just like patting Jay's shoulder like, ah, I love you, bud. Love you so much. Like, <laughs> Raven uh, will politely excuse herself from the conversation mm-hmm. and take Wendy with her. <laughs> promising to keep in touch with Lark. You leave the room and you just hear them talking. Like, from what I have observed, your culture is extremely obsessed with that topic. I thought it was... <laughs> Listen, we're going to keep working on it. Okay. All right. He's trying so hard. Oh, he's doing his best. When Felicity walks away, she'll be like, later, fuck you. (laughs) Not in a literal way, (laughs) but. (laughs) This is, it's one of those nights, isn't it? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Jesus. Maddie caught some, some feels against Jay. (laughs) I don't like Jay. (laughs) He's the one person we have encountered who hasn't immediately fallen in love with Felicity and she right. just can't stand it. I hate him. He spoke to her curtly. <gasps> <laughs> Unacceptable! Felicity, weren't you bullied all your life? Aren't you used to this? Oh my god. You should be better than this. Um, Aiden shows up. Maybe she meets you in the hallway or something, Raven. She's picked up Ruby from Darla Mulhauser. And she just says, 
Hey, so I think we're gonna leave soon, right? Or did you want to stay? Uh, I thought we were wrapping up and heading out. We should probably get another move on. We left a little bit of an impression here. I'd hate for all of that. And she kind of gestures like out the window to where the forest is to have gotten anyone's attention. And, you know, since we've kind of wrapped up the case, we can get back on the road. Okay. It's probably just the safest thing. As much as I'd love to stay and hang out with my brother, we can always come back. Yeah, when we figure out everything else that's going wrong. Yeah, once things have settled down a bit again. Are you okay? No, but I will be. The stuff that happened, it's a lot, and I think this is going to take a long time to work through, but I'm I'm okay. All right, well... Are you okay? I'm fine. Yeah, just let me know if I can do anything. I will. She is, like, being tugged along by Ruby, so she <laughs> will walk with you up to the camper. Your team packs it up and says goodbye, unless there's anything anyone has left to say to... Jay, Lark, Tara, or the Mulhausers? Uh, Whitaker has something he needs to ask Jarendrakio Nuathares. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he'll uh, catch him, I guess, while people are starting to get ready to leave, I guess. Yeah, like, as you're, like, packing into the yeah. Whitaker mobile, he'll, you know, everyone is gathered, right? Jay is in his human form. Tara is probably, like, in a tree somewhere, waving to Raven, but, like, not around because the Mulhausers are there, so. Uh, Jay, can I, um, can I borrow you for a second? Yes, what is it, Sir Whitaker? Uh, says not I was not knighted. Um, I, um, first of all, I'd like to That's so apologize. Funny, you're fucking British. <laughs> <laughs> it just made that connection. It just seemed like a, like a fey title he would give you, but that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless, listen, unless he knighted me when I wasn't looking. Um, well, I don't know. We'll maybe think about that. But <laughs> Knight of Gossip. Um, <laughs> Jay. <laughs> all right. Uh, first of all, I'd like to apologize for um, nearly setting your entire forest ablaze. Definitely not my intention coming in here. And while I'm glad it sorted itself out... I wasn't sure it was going to for a second, so I'd like to um, make formal apologies on behalf of my team there. That is accepted, though not entirely necessary. I would recommend that you get your druid some proper magic instruction. When I find someone capable of giving that to her, Lord knows I will. Very well. Then go with the forest blessing. Um, but if it's not too much of an imposition... I was wondering if I could ask a favor of you. It depends, but I am open to the idea. So at this point, you and I have pretty thoroughly discussed the different methods of ascension and descension and complexities of royal titles in regards to spirits. Indeed. What do you know about taking royalty away from someone? His face darkens and he says, You are referring to the demon lord in your midst. As long as he is on here, he is putting all of us at risk. Agreed. And unless we find a way to remove that title from him, the spark or whatever he absorbed to become Demon Lord on Earth, everyone around us is in danger. And I was wondering if you, as a knowledgeable and powerful spirit with a fair bit of knowledge on the topic, was wondering if you might be able to help us in that regard. He is visibly troubled in his expression. 
and he says, Unfortunately, this problem is an unprecedented event. There has not been a demon lord on Earth since before my time. I wish I could say that my beloved Lark would find a solution for you, but his place is here with the forest, and while he is a chosen one, that does not preclude the existence of others. And he gives you a very meaningful gaze. Of course. You are on a dangerous path, Sir Whitaker. Do you know of anyone or anywhere we could go to find more answers? Or at least some way to keep Leviathan's hordes from coming after him to take the title away? You have made powerful allies thus far. I do not know how many more you will need, but do not forget that the other side will be forming alliances of their own. Be well, Sir Whitaker. I do not envy your path, but should you survive it, it will be a glorious tale. <laughs> Hope to see you again sometime. Perhaps for one of these Thanksgivings. The Mulhausers make a terrible meal, but <laughs> Lark seems to enjoy it. <laughs> I'll keep it in mind. Good luck to you both. Bye. You bid goodbye. Up in the Whitaker mobile and... Tara, get these sparrows away from me. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I don't come back anytime soon, you gross green pile of goop. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You guys pull away. Raven's going to wave to Tara. Just be like, he's not as bad as he seems. Goodbye. She just gives you a little salute and a thumbs up. Thank you, Terra. He's exactly as bad as he seems. <laughs> the Mollhausers bid you goodbye. Ruby is like, row, row, barking goodbye from the door of the cab. She's like sitting in the back with you. Aiden suggested that like they let her not be in the crate for a little while and just like sit with you, Raven. And you guys pull away. And that's where we will end the session. But but wait, Natalie. Yes. Natalie, did we do it? Did we do what? Did we earn it finally? Finally, finally, Natalie, did we earn them? Did we earn them, Natalie? Did you earn end of mystery questions? Absolutely. Let's do some end of mystery questions, which I, up to this point, have completely cut from the podcast. But I think we'll leave these ones in. It's a fun mechanic, and we just have been limiting how often we do them because this is a long-form campaign. Uh, But that being said, who wants to read them? You. I guess it says I have to. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> at the end of the session, the keeper will ask these questions. We'll be doing it at the end of the arcs. So after the end of the three beasts of the forest story, did we conclude the current mystery? Yes. That's an obvious yes. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. we save someone from certain death or worse? Oh, yes. <laughs> also incredibly, yes. Thank goodness. Did we learn something new and important about the world? Mm-hmm. There's a court, there's royalty, there's all that jazz. That's oh, true. Totally. We yeah, learned yeah, all about yeah, the yeah, fake yeah, courts. Yeah. We learned about chosen ones. We, we learned about, about the about... Pelter and the Splinter Cat. We didn't know those existed before. Yeah, the high behind. There you go, we there you we go. confirmed where paradise is or in some mm, That's true. That's a big one. Yes, you found out that the havens are pieces of paradise left over. Raven learned to be super reckless with her magic and to never consider anything and just go for it. That ties into the last question. Did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? Yes. 
We learned a little bit more about Raven's summoning magic. We learned about Aiden's use of music to remember the good old days in paradise. We learned that Felicity has a divine power now. <laughs> we learned that folk generally hate Damien now. We learned that Jay and Lark have just a raucous sex life. Good for them. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yep. We learned that uh, Hugo can access more than one kind of elemental magic. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. We learned that Granny is a wonderful baker. We learned yeah. a lot. This is a very fun, fun arc, I thought. How much experience do we get? If you get one or two answers, mark one experience. If you get three or four, mark two. Level up. I just leveled up again. I'm too experienced from leveling up. I don't have many more options. Aiden leveled up when she failed the act under pressure. So now she just is back to having two in the slots. I'll have to figure out what level up she's going to take. One of these days, Hugo will catch up one day. Yeah, that's fine. You just gotta, I think I know. just gotta do more. If you just say you want to do more things, then you'll probably fail at half of them and get a bunch of experience. <laughs> I think I know what I'm True. gonna take already, so I can just not worry well, cool. about it. Uh, I have one more thing before we hop off and I read the F chat. And if people want to talk level up stuff, we can. Uh, Post credits scene. Oh no! The Whitaker Mobile pulls away from Glacier Park. Jay and Lark are waving goodbye, Tara's waving goodbye in the tree branches. Even the Mulhausers are happy that you seemingly solved whatever was causing the damage to the trees and got rid of the fire. And we move past that and back into the visitor center. Behind the counter, past a door that says employees only, where we see a park ranger on the phone, crouched over. It's a woman. She says, so, so they're leaving now. Should I, should I do anything? And a voice from the other side says, No, that's quite all right. You said an older man and a group of young adults left with this shape-changing individual? Do you think they're in danger? They might not know what he is. Well, I don't mean to alarm you, but yes. I'd say that group is in quite a lot of danger at the moment. Don't worry. That's precisely why the Eastie Agency exists. No! God damn it. Oh uh, something else for Whitaker to drink, too. Fuck. God <laughs> damn it. It's so epic. Yeah, holy shit. Oh my god.